The purpose, I guess, is to elevate people. I feel like I enjoy extending a hand and helping people. And the way I look at this is I'm just kind of an antenna. You know what I mean? People have stories they want to tell. I'm really interested in their experiences because that also I learn. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the greatest show on earth. Welcome to the Three Guys Podcast, hosted by Brian, Derek, and Brett. Today, we also have Biggie Smalls with us. Derek, can you show us your shirt? <laughs> Listen, you're going to love this shirt. <laughs> baby, baby. That is a cool Biggie shirt. It is. And you know what? You can't see it until you go in the mirror. I go in the mirror, I can see his face. <laughs> Brian, I'm gonna to need to you for you to do that as like a YouTube exclusive. No, that's gonna to have to be an exclusive. Yeah, I'll probably get whacked with copyright after that one. Oh, I miss the music from that era. Oh my god, you're not kidding. I gotta think to start this episode off. A nice little question for you guys. If there's one leader in the world, could be whoever, who would you want to work for as your boss? Huh. Inaz. That's, that's, some not, deep that's, a, that's not an easy question. That's yeah, a, no. Well, I won't say that is sort of a tough question, Brett, but I, I will you know, Brian, you, I think I can answer for you. No, it's not who you get. No, no. The, the person who owned Boston Market. That woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a great episode. That was a fantastic. I'll tell you that the management that I've always, the director or the boss that I've always worked best for, Brett, has always been the one that's been the most honest with you. Um, hasn't been passive aggressive, uh, has told you what, where specifically you'd be like numerically. And I'm, you know, I'm in sales, so we're very metric driven and numbers driven and dollars driven. So I've, they've always been very clear with, Hey, here's where you're going to finish. If you don't finish here, are the consequences, not losing your job necessarily, but, um, you know, the overall big picture of the pressure that's going to be on us and all that kind of stuff. So my current bosses are all fantastic in that regard. Um, but in past years, in different uh, jobs that I've had, I've, I've had bosses that I didn't know if they liked me or didn't like me. I think they did, but they, you know, they were always pretty reserved. So I, I would say for the bosses that are out there that are always honest with their employees, motivate their employees and inspire their employees. And there's a difference between being a manager and being a leader. And that's a whole different show we could do. So I'm certainly someone that enjoys the leader, not the manager. So there's no one like you read in like a book. Like I get it. Like you've you've worked for a, a, a ton of bo- uh, bosses, but it's not it's not taking anything away from them. But like if I if I think of someone for myself, I think of like that book I read on Disney with Robert Iger. Yeah. Like yeah. he's the guy I would want to work for. Just yeah. like his story and how he came up. He's the type of dude that you're like, I want to work for this dude. So I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh. I'm going to laugh when I, you're going to laugh when I tell you who, who it is. Yeah, you're going to probably laugh too. You're going to laugh too. <laughs> you're probably going to laugh. I, well. I, you know who I'd work for is a guy like Vince McMahon. I would, the more I've been listening to this podcast, this uh, something to wrestle with and you find out kind of what kind of person he is. He's a, he's a billionaire, but you know, he, he connects with the, with the talent that works for him and they, they are very opinionated on him. And you can tell the people that, that like him are the people that, uh, you know, he believed in and he knew could take their uh, their gimmick, as they say, and make something of it. You know, mm-hmm. the, the ones the ones that they wanted him to write their entire script and all that stuff. Those ones never those ones ended up going to the wayside. But you have these you have these guys like The Rock, another billionaire or maybe mm-hmm. close to it. 
who took the gimmick he had and just crushed it. And and you had someone like Vince who, hey, if you believe in this, here's what's going to happen. It goes back to what I'm talking about. You know, Vince was always honest with these guys, whether they like live for your wrestling. You live. But I told you you guys to give me grief for it, but that's kind of, it's funny. And when we end the podcast, I'll probably think of 10 others. And this podcast is meant to give you grief. Otherwise, Dave Ramsey, he's another one. Just yeah. his, his his leadership and his guidance and his in the way he's goal oriented. So. Derek, what do you got? Um, you know what? I don't. This is, you guys have to it. be a boss either. Like this could be someone that was I don't know, uh, whatever. Like he could be anything. I mean, if I'm looking at a CEO or something like that, I would say probably like maybe Mark Cuban. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, if it's someone just you know, basic on the street. I mean, like, I don't, The Rock doesn't have anything, but he seems like the most down-to-earth person you're ever going to meet, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so if he was to run something, you know, it, I think he'd be a great person to work for or work around. He's very motivated. He, he motivated everyone else. Look what he does. He branches off and does so many other different things. He's got a TV show. He's, he's working out. He's got movies. I mean, he's just out there and out there. So someone like that would just motivate the rest of them, motivate me at least. Yeah, to I say, think you know it, what? It comes around to, I think there's, the person that you named, the person that Brian named, the person I named, I think it, it's that people person, those people skills. That's part of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You want to work with someone who's got people skills. It's not a complete jerk because then it's just, what, you know, you don't want to work for an ass. You're not going to yeah. gain anything from that. So, Brett, who's your, is it the, was it Disney? Is that? Yeah, it would be that Robert Iger guy. I was so, after re- listening to that book, I did the audio book. He just, everything he did was, you know, it, what he learned along the way from his bosses, he, he points out some of the, the really good things and he points out the things that he necessarily didn't do the right moves on. And someone that's pretty, you know, like they're being honest with you saying, Hey, yeah. I didn't like, yeah. I screwed up. I, I, yeah. I, I didn't do this right. You know? And I, this is what I did do. Right. And this is what I learned from this. I mean, he talks about, there was this when Disneyland, there was like that issue with the kid getting like killed by the alligator. He talks oh, about yes. that and how he, like, he was literally like, they were, I can't remember if he was in China opening in that new Disneyland out there, but he talks about how he worked with his team as like his media team, his marketing team. And he's like, I, w- I got to do this call. I got to talk to the family. Yeah. And yeah. that's someone that yeah. cares about not only his, his people, his customers, his employees. Yeah. And well, you, you look at these, you look at these companies that have gone through major crisis, like you go way back to like Tylenol, for example, and I, you know, I can't think of off the top of my head more, more recent stuff, but there's probably hundreds. You know, you look at the very top in terms of, big, you know, how, how are they handling it? I remember when I was taking uh, public relations courses and marketing courses in college. That was, you know, gosh, 20 years ago. That's the, f- the first thing you learn, Brett, is, you know, it's, you got to become a people person. You got to bring yourself to where these customers are and you got to um, connect with them. And that's the same thing as your, as your employees that, are dealing on you know dealing with the issue straight ahead. So, you think that's where that's a lot of question. bosses go wrong by not say that, uh, by not what like that those like what you just said. Yeah, some some bosses like to um, separate themselves and kind of you know I, I remember in New York uh, I was visiting an insurance company it doesn't matter which one and the, the CEO had his own elevator. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he would kind of go up, and the, so you think about that, you know. So, and then you have the CEOs. I remember for a hotel company, hotel companies to work with, and you'd go to lunchroom, and there was a CEO eating just with the folks, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's so it because you know everyone has different. Yeah, Chris, I mean, Chris is, re- is ready to is in the waiting room, but I mean, to, to end that, it's basically the ones you want to work with. The CEOs are the ones going to get down and dirty with you, right? 
Yeah. The ones who are not approachable, who's going to work with them? I, I can't work with them. I don't think most people can. But the ones who get down and dirty and want to say, hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you to do something that I wouldn't do. Yeah. And those are the people yeah. you want. That's it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So with that being said, we will uh, – I want to admit Chris in, but um, I'll give him a quick introduction. Brett, did you want to do that? Or? You got it. Well, I don't want to take away from your, your fame, but um, – <laughs> The, the next person, our next guest, um, and I, I don't think either, Brett, you probably didn't meet him when he was working with me, but his name is Christopher Suarez. He was an employee at the movie theater and just an all around great guy. And I, I've kept in touch with him over the years. He recently started a podcast called The Autocast, and I've always kept in contact with him. And I'll tell him, as I'll tell you guys, I never had, speaking of staffs and stuff, a better group of employees than I ever had at the movie theater working with grade a they were kids but they were respectful and they did the job and i had nothing bad to say about them now anything else after that my other employees and other jobs could be a different story did they have anything bad to say about you oh you, well you can ask chris maybe <laughs> there we he'll go. tell you you just yeah. teed up the, one of the first yeah. questions i was gonna yeah, ask there you go <laughs> chris will tell you let's bring him in he's coming in right now hello hello christopher Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Well, you, you don't want to see it? We can't see you? Oh, no video? you can't? No, I see your ugly mug there with your... Uh... There we go. How about that? Oh, there we go. There he is. Hey, how's it going, fellas? What's going Christopher, on, Christopher, how are you, brother? Hey, good. How are you guys? Good. Good. See, he's good. got the nice little fancy setup, too. He's got his little bundle package yeah, there. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> let's, Chris, let's get it out of the way. Sure. Head, make fun of the headset before my brother starts. What does it look like? Tell all the listeners. And Chris, let's just, let's, just skip, let's just skip to the end. I, What's the music like at your, your local market basket? Yeah. <laughs> I heard about now, that. No, I heard you Ryan guys talking about that. just ruined the whole thing now. <laughs> I'm good at doing that. He's a steel earth. <laughs> we'll save that question to the end. You can think sure. about it. Oh, you already ruined it. Forget it. I was answering now. I, I think by this point, like the listeners are like enough with the headsets, so we'll, we'll pass. Oh, we'll, we'll move, no, we'll you move on. I'll answer that question. Go, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, Derek. Honestly, you I know you're on Mars right now, so I think it's kind of <laughs> I think it's one of those things where it's necessary. It is, I but, can't breathe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, uh, it is a little big, like mine, <laughs> mine are pretty tiny, they're like little Sony headphones, they're like maybe 40 bucks, 60 bucks. But yeah, I was going to tell you guys there, you know? one last time. It was in the bundle package. I right, wasn't right. here to say, "Hey, this one fits, that one doesn't." It came with a package. And that's all I have to say. Well, I'll say this: it looks like you mean business. It does. I do. I'll, yeah, I'll put it that way. You, you look he's, like serious. He's coming in guns blazing, hot and heavy. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, Chris, I really appreciate that you time you've taken the time to uh, to come on and talk to us. And uh, the star of our show, Brett, will tell you. Start asking questions now. No, oh, it's geez. it's an honor, honestly. Do you have to deal with Chris? And Chris, we're going to also let Brian get a shot to ask questions yeah. as well, too. So, yeah, no Brian, please, you know, just jump in and, you know, ask the Chris, question. You, shut Chris, you should see. I just cut up some footage of these two guys going back and forth. There's like 150 <laughs> views and like. 10 minutes yeah, that's, yeah I, I, <laughs> I think i know who the stars of the show are <laughs> <laughs> i mean these guys you guys have to actually you guys have really good chemistry it should after like you know, whatever 40 plus years you know they have a very yeah. serious they have a very serious brotherly relationship man it's they should write a book no but i mean in I the think, end he's a good ahead. dude he's he's a really good dude you no know? i know that he's a great brother I, I think especially with kind of like gigs like this it's kind of hard because 
you got to have that chemistry. Like that's kind of the dynamic. That's what makes the show. You know what I mean? If you guys are like oil and water all the time, it's one of those things where it's not going to create that chemistry and people are going to know. You know, know what it, I mean? it's very interesting, Chris, you say that because there's so many successful radio shows that yeah, have happened sure. where mm-hmm. the guys or the guy and the woman or the woman and the woman have pretended to like each other. Yeah, and that's, you find it after the fact they couldn't stand. Like, wasn't that the yeah. Francesa show or a couple of those shows on the old on the uh, old uh, gosh New York sports station? I forget what it is. No, but it was. they right didn't like each other. But you would have never known. But not even like just radio. I mean, like just even on TV, people that mm-hmm. have to yeah. work with each other and they have to be at a desk next to each other and they just don't get along. Yeah. You no, know, some people are really good at it, and then you have people that you can tell like they make fun of it, like they make light of it, but you can tell like some people don't get along. You think yeah. you could work in a situation like that, Chris? Um, when it comes to like doing something like this? No. And like if, if you were working on like, say you had a co-host on your show. Yeah. Uh, which by which I do want to say, bud, like what you're doing by yourself for doing that for like 45 minutes and to go strong like that. Hats off. to uh, you. For doing oh, that. thank you. Because <laughs> I would if, if you like my first two minutes would be like. I'd step over my shoes a couple of times, trip over some shoelaces. And, um, but if you're working, like if you had a co-host, say it's a radio show or TV show or whatever it is. Yeah. Could you like, and you know, you didn't have any like chemistry with that person and there was some animosity between mm-hmm. you two. Could you, could you work along with that person? Uh, not when it's so chemistry heavy with something like this. I think it's, I think this is like, which is actually one of the reasons why now that you bring that up, it's one of the reasons why I don't work with anybody else when it comes to, when it comes to doing my show in general, because I feel like I can rely on myself. I know my habits, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can't get around what the other person's habits are, or, you know what I mean? You have an idea of, and that was another thing. I, I have an idea of what I wanted to produce and you have to like, when you have a partner, you got to brainstorm and you got to like, oh, they're going to have suggestions. And then, you know, that might not mix well with what I want to do or that mm-hmm. might I might have my own notion of how it should go. And then I didn't want to deal with all that and compromising and, you know, like also being on someone else's time, sure. stuff like that get complicated. So that's a, that's the reason why I didn't do it that way. So to answer your question, no, I don't think I could work with somebody who I didn't really mix with, especially on something as organic as what I'm trying to accomplish. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I mean, Chris, the one you did with about love, you did it by yourself. I'm thinking myself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, first of all, yeah, hats off to you for doing that one because I Thank think you. I might have shut it down after two minutes. I don't know how far I would have gotten trying to explain mm-hmm. it, but but you did nail a lot of things that I, I found interesting about mm-hmm. people feeling that they have to because they get older, they have to be in a relationship. You know, yeah. or they have to they have to get into something because if not, then they you know maybe they're not considered uh, successful. Yeah, I'm in that position uh, as we speak. <laughs> you know, yeah, what I, mean? I know, I'm, I know. You said that. Yeah, you were I, saying that. That's kind of like the and a lot of these topics that I talk about are kind of like in my own experience. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to think of, uh, I, I do put myself in other people's shoes, you know, but I don't, I try to talk as much from experience in my own situation as I can. And these things like are more going through my head rather than me, you know, I don't like write a script or I don't, you know, say, I'm going to say this, this, and this, it's more mm-hmm. like, these are the thoughts going through my head. And I just take the fear out of saying those things away, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or how other people might perceive them or what they might say about what I say. So that's kind of really more the way I go about it. Now, Chris, 
Is mm-hmm. that because let me ask something? Because I, you know, I still don't even remember when you worked mm-hmm. at the movie theater. Were, mm-hmm. were you actually born in this country, or were you born? Yeah, mm-hmm. you I were. was born in Methuen. Yep. Okay, so your father was from. Because I heard the other episode. I don't remember you saying exactly where your father was born. Ecuador. Ecuador. Mm-hmm. So is that something where, because of the being Spanish, they the being family, that they're saying, oh, hey, you know, why isn't why haven't you had kids by now? Or, you know, we're a big family. You should be a big family, stuff like that. Because it sounded like you were hitting on that in your episodes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my mom pushes that a little more. Like my mom, she's from the Dominican Republic. So, it, believe it or not, it's different. The cultures are a little bit different. So with you know, the I feel like in the Caribbean cultures, uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, they kind of hover around that a little more. My dad's side of the family in uh, Ecuador and all that, they're much more laid back, much more chill. I don't know if that's a family thing or I don't know if that's a cultural thing, but I know. Actually, I, I take that back for sure. It's a, it's more of my family because in that in my dad's time growing up and that culture growing up, it was very like, oh, you you can't be caught with a girl you know, out of wedlock, stuff like that. It was very like women and all that were, there was a much more strict time back in the sixties. You know what I mean? So luckily they became Americanized. They've been here for 20 plus years. So they, they're much more lax now. And my dad's side of the family, you know, six, uh, six kids in total, three girls, three boys, you know, the girls were always like very protected. You know what I mean? They were always, you know, it was just one of those things that was very, strict with the parents so luckily my my aunts and uncles they didn't want to pressure those kids that way so they kind of went the opposite direction when it came to the way parent parenting was handled so you so you grew up in in lawrence i was listening to the episode that you had with your teacher which i thought it was interesting yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. you identified someone who from at a pretty young age um I guess was a part of your your earliest memory so Mm -hmm. so my question is about the podcast you know what what got it going sort of what's your purpose with it? Um, and a question I think I always ask, what's that big picture plan or is the one? Or are you just kind of enjoying it as it goes? Uh, so to answer your, uh, well, I'll do this in pieces, I guess. Um, the big picture, I guess there really is no big picture. I mean, I guess the big picture would be if I could do this for a living, that would be awesome. You know what I mean? I, I as you guys can probably tell, I really enjoy talking to people. I really talk a lot. <laughs> I, I kind of talk too much. Um, so the gift of gab, I guess, is kind of how I would phrase it. And I would want to if, if, if it really is a gift, why wouldn't you want to make money with a gift? You know what mm. I mean? Something that comes easy to you, something that's you feel really good doing something you feel confident about the uh, purpose. Yeah, you, did, you did it a lot at the movie theater. You let a gift again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That's um, right. <laughs> and also the uh the purpose i guess is to elevate people i feel like i enjoy extending a hand and helping people and the way i look at this is i'm just kind of an antenna you know what i mean people have stories they want to tell people um i'm really interested in the uh their experiences because that also i learn from those experiences you know what i mean it doesn't mean necessarily i have to experience everything to learn but listening to other people talk and seeing how they've handled things, certain situations, I'm sure they'll when I come across those situations, it'll kind of it'll resonate in my mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times me talking to these people are also me taking their experiences and kind of prodding and seeing what I can learn from them. 
But at the same time, I'm also talking to people who have their own businesses, much like you guys do. I have people that I'm talking to people that have something going or want to get something going on. So I try to give them a platform so they can kind of explain to people what they're trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. And I feel like that's it's just good karma. You know what I mean? To be able Mm -hmm. to take what people are trying to do and lend a hand. You know, who knows? Maybe one day they'll uh, do something major and they'll remember and come back on the show and talk about their experiences then. So I feel like it's just good natured stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, what you said and like in terms of hearing people's stories, it's not just the ultimately the end goal. It's mm-hmm. what happened between there right. along the way mm-hmm. for yourself. You've, you've jumped on discipline. You've jumped on anxiety, mm-hmm. um, depression. Yep. In addition to helping other people, is this a, also another outlet for you to kind of help you with that depression piece? Yeah, it's almost a diary in in some ways, because I can look back on this and like, okay, when I did that depression and anxiety episode, it was like, uh, it was me coming fresh out of it. You know what I mean? I, and I, that's another thing, because I wanted to do that kind of like, like a snapshot of my life at that point in my in in time. Mm -hmm. Because depression is something that I touch a lot on in that episode, you know, I, I go through it, but it's something that's always going to be around. You know what I mean? It's always going to be with me. It's always going to be something I have to combat. And at that time too, it was like the height of COVID. You know what I mean? It was in that place where I wasn't, I'm sure I wasn't the only one that was thinking these things or dealing with these things. So I was like, all right, if I can send this message out and kind of people with depression and anxiety, if they can kind of take something from what I'm dealing with and how I'm kind of like coming fresh off it. So I'm not hundred percent stable. You know what I mean? I'm not hundred percent out of it. So it's very real. The things I'm saying are very current. It's mm-hmm. not like in hindsight where I can sprinkle a little bit of optimism or whatever else, you know what I mean? This is kind of like what I'm thinking, what I'm doing in that moment. Right. That was, that's how that episode went. But I think that's what people relate to. And I, they, mm-hmm. the fact that you can be vulnerable and, and talk about that, Chris, mm-hmm. I think that's like hats off to you for doing that. Thank you. Because people like they want to hear the stories, you know, and right. where you are now, like you gone, you went through that. You get in depth in those episodes on that. But now you're, you got a podcast mm-hmm. and you're doing something from a creative outlet, which you just kind of spoke on. Mm-hmm. You know, you're helping other people. It's kind of an outlet for yourself. And mm-hmm. um, you're doing good things you know and yeah. that this may be your goal you know like if you can get to get somewhere bigger you know like we want to do um yeah, for sure well, we we were talking before you joined us we were sort of talking about podcasts and what's bringing people into the world whether it's doing their own listening to them everyone has different mm-hmm. levels of what how much they listen to but to, to me even our own podcast and I, as I listen to the episodes and I talk to people who've, who've listened to them you know everyone has vulnerabilities I'm right. trying to say the right word vulnerabilities I'll try to say if I can say it a couple more times but everyone does you know yep. and even people that we've had on uh that are high level CEOs or been executives mm-hmm. um you know Sicily you know having won some right. really big time award I mean they've all yep. had times where they've failed. Right. And I think at least, I think even Cicely said it when I was listening to her episode about how when she wasn't successful, I think she said she finished like second or third in the pageant. Mm-hmm. That's kind of when she was evaluating everything. And, right. you know, we all, all four of us on the show could tell you four different stories of how we saw our own vulnerabilities over, over, over the pandemic. 
mm-hmm. personally and, and professionally. So I almost wonder, since the pandemic started, it's it's helped people to talk about what they are right. than they wouldn't have before. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and not just the people that they know, but the right. people that they don't know. And right. then the people that they don't know, then in turn feel more comfortable to talk to somebody else about it. And I think communication is key. Mm-hmm. I really do when it comes to mental health, a million percent. Yeah. And that's what I kind of wanted to translate to people that it's, it's cause you beat, you beat yourself up. You know what I mean? You, you put yourself down a lot mm-hmm. when you fail. And if you're not looking at your failures the right way, you're squandering them. Really? You gotta, I mean, I, I've definitely had my fair share, but at the same time, it took me a while to turn that mindset around. It's a lot of discipline and personal evaluation that you got to do in order to think that way because it's it's much easier it's a much easier road to sit there and hate yourself for a decision you made or for an opportunity you missed it's easy to do that but it's much more difficult to look at it in a constructive way and be like hey this is something that i'll never do again you know what i mean i've done it once i know i can recognize you know the signs i can make the best of it and how am i gonna move forward from this point and it's easy to do the opposite so I feel like that's something that if a lot of people could do, it, it changes your life, really. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you nailed it right there, right? I mean, you have a platform now to tell people, especially during a pandemic, right? You know, this is what's going on. And because a lot of people have anxiety and still mm-hmm. what's going on, right? I mean, now you're coming back. Well, now everyone's starting to come back together, hopefully. And um, it has that road that we're going to travel. And you, I mean, I'm assuming that, you know, this podcast that you started came out of the fact that, hey, you wanted a platform to tell your story and, mm-hmm. you know, what you had to share with the world, which I think is great. And I like the fact that you also give your, you know, your friends and family a chance to um, share their experiences and what they're doing. But what I wanted to talk to you about is I know after the movie theater, uh, when you were working with me, you had a long road of where you you bounced around, right? You, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you traveled, right? You went down to Florida, you worked yep. as, you know, Mercedes. Mm-hmm. So can you just like go down, like, you know, you, what happened, like you bouncing around and trying to find your way and discussing like where you finally got to where you are now? Yeah. So it sounds like if, if you look at it on paper, it does look like I bounced around and it was, it's much more of a cohesive uh, path than you might think at first glance. Um, so I got out of the movie theater First of all, which to, you're working out the best, best boss ever, right? You can say that now. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, that's true. You were, you're actually in the top, See? top five. Yeah. You're, 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 you're right in the top 10. <laughs> and, and it only had five bosses. Yeah. <laughs> no, you were a great boss for the record. So everybody here is, oh, thank if you, if you get a chance to work for Derek, you won't be sorry. See, um, oh, you won't God. No, True, true story. Um, but even so after I, he gave you that, like that intro, like he didn't eloquently say that, like he was like, you know, you bounced around and everything. He could put that a little bit smoother. <laughs> well, <for himself>. oh. <laughs> no, just go, Chris. Like go. you said, I want to come across on paper. Yeah. <laughs> so I get out of the movie theater and, uh, first of all, in high school, I did four years of culinary arts. So I went to uh, vocational school. So I did academics and also the other half of the time you pick a shop. Mine was a uh, culinary I wanted to cook since I was a kid. That's something that I always, I love to eat. And my mom always cooked great. My grandma always cooked. Uh, so I just saw them cooking all the time. So why not make food that I can enjoy? That That's my mentality at the time. So after I get out of the movie theater, I, I first, I left to go to a restaurant job. So 
I accomplished something, you know, in my own set of goals. Went to a restaurant, uh, worked there for about a year. Then I got an offer to work uh, in a higher end restaurant with a little more pay. So then I went to my second uh, job, my second restaurant job. And that's where I kind of got the wake up call, not the wake up call, but that's where I kind of hit a wall because I enjoy cooking. I think it's an art form. I think it's something that is meant to be enjoyed in the first place. It's a little different when you get into the restaurant business. If any of you have worked there in a restaurant before, mm -hmm. you kind of get how it is fast paced. You know, you hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. Now, that's if you're a server, if you're a bartender, that's one one animal in itself. You know what I mean? You're you're kind of on the other side of the fence. Mm -hmm. uh, in the back of the kitchen, it's much more perfection oriented. The food's got to be a certain temperature. It's got to look a certain way. Uh, it's got to be timed so that everything comes out at the same, mm. you know, at the same time, or you got to be on top of multiple orders and you got to multitask and not to mention where I worked, this was the kitchen was on the second floor, usually kitchens aren't on the second floor. So all this heat from all these ovens and all this cooking is trapped up here, you know what I mean, especially in the right. summertime, there wasn't AC up there, we would just have to open windows. So it was very like, uh, was this a big Brutal. restaurant or smaller restaurant or was this it was a smaller restaurant? Both of these restaurants have been self-owned, have cell phone, you know, people who built this, these places from the ground up. Mm -hmm. This one, the uh, first one was a little more modern. The second one was uh, an older, an older spot that was just out of date. So, but so you like the rum yoga up the top. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. pretty much hot yoga. Yeah, yeah. So it was just a brutal experience and not saying I could have gone, couldn't have gone somewhere else, you know, a little bit nicer and work somewhere else a little bit more, uh, you know, current, but I didn't like the fun getting snatched out of something I enjoyed doing. So that was kind of like, this is kind of be, if, if, if I'm really planning to go all the way with something like this, it's only going to get harder. You know what I mean? It's only going to be one of these places that, you know, high pace, you know, high volume, obviously, if you're in a good restaurant, you're serving insane hundreds of people a night so if it's only going to get worse and it's only going to take kind of even more fun out of it at that point i'm like okay what's another thing that i could possibly do in the meantime i enjoyed cars i enjoyed working on cars i worked on my own car before i even thought about doing cars you know i've changed my own oil stuff like that so i did a lot of that so i just figured hey I want to get into cars. So I had to go to school for that. I go to school at Universal Technical Institute, um, UTI for short. Everybody mm -hmm. gets, you yeah. know, everybody pokes fun at that one. But <laughs> um, U Universal Technical Institute, I go there for about a year and three months or something like that. And I'm loving it. You know what I mean? I'm doing all the uh, mechanic work in, on regular domestic cars then graduation time comes around and actually i should probably get into this a little more because at the same time i was working at this restaurant job so in order for me to afford a car you know it was some beater but in order to afford a car the insurance you know gas money regular things that i would need i had to work and go to school so school would be in norwood if you guys don't know where that is that's about an hour a, a little over an hour an hour and a half from where I live, which is Lawrence, uh, Salem, Haverhill, that area. So it's a pretty far distance. So class started at 730. 
So I had to be up like around 5.45, 6 o'clock. Maybe, yeah, like 5.45, get up, get shower, get dressed, you know, hopefully have traffic. some. Yeah, well, it was early enough where I didn't really have to worry about it too much. Oh, that's good. I would probably hit traffic a little bit towards the exit. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, it wasn't crazy, but I had to be there on time. If I was late, well, when I got to the Mercedes program anyways, when, if I was late more than three times, I was kicked out of the program. Class went at around two. I'd have to get home in time. I have time for a nap and then be at work at four. Then from four to twelve o'clock at night, I'd be working in a, in a kitchen and then get up and do it all, all over again the next day. So it took me to get my education done. It took me a year and three months. And then once graduation rolled around, they offered, they were talking about the Mercedes Benz program. And I'm like, I, I was sitting there getting ready for graduation because they have to go over, you know, all these steps and, you know, just go over the, the graduation stuff. So I'm sitting there and I hear about the Mercedes Benz program and I'm sitting there like, do I really want to work for Chevy? Do I really want to work for, you know, Chrysler? Do I want to work for these? No, nothing's wrong with them. Don't get me wrong. But if I, if I want to work on cars, I want to work on something I really am interested in. You know what I mean? So when I heard about Mercedes, I'm like, that sounds crazy. Since I love cars, you know, I'm an enthusiast. Mercedes just, you know, all the technology in those cars, you know, they're luxury cars. I've never touched one before now. I never... You know, I never drove one. So I was like, I want to do that. It just something rang, rang a bell for some reason. So I signed up again. And that's like another six months. I had to go through another six months of school, get out of there. And then I had, a, you know, my Mercedes Benz certifications. And this is where Florida comes in. There are these people from a company named Brumos Motor Cars. Shout out to them. They're phenomenal. They uh, come down to recruit people. So they're like, hey, we're from Florida. If any of you are interested, because we've hired people from here before, uh, just send us an email and we'll get you an interview and we'll go from there. So two weeks after I graduate, I send them an email. And I think the week after that, they get back to me. I'm moving. So I'm going. Mm. Um, they didn't even give me an interview. They just said, we'll, we'll move you out there. So in the matter of three weeks, I was picking up and heading to Florida. Did they not have schools down there for that? Are they just thinking like up north, like you're going to get like the talent's going to be a little bit? Yeah. So we work differently. Uh, So up north in general, everybody's very fast paced. Workaholics work all the time. You know, they we work faster than people in other places in the country. We we're just you know, we we deal with the elements. So we get to work on time. You know, we 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 trek through conditions to get to work. So we're dedicated to the job. Mm-hmm. So they've already hired from Massachusetts before. So they had a good experience and they came back. I was like, okay, so I'm saying goodbye to my family, you know, my girlfriend at the time, everything. I was like, this is something that I have to do because I felt also very comfortable where I was, which I didn't like that because all my friends are here, you know, all my family's here. I don't have anybody in Florida. I don't have any connections in Florida. This was my chance. The way I saw it was this was my chance to see what I'm made of, Mm. see if, you know, what I've learned is going to get me through life. Me and my dad, we get a U-Haul. He drives with me down there. So he's in the U-Haul with me, which was a cool thing because it was like a memorable time between the two of us because we're stopping in, you know, 
the Carolinas. We're enjoying the trip. It's like, it's a pretty far drive. Yeah. We're enjoying our trip. And, you know, so that created memories in itself. But once I got there and he left, I was like, damn, this is it. (laughs) (laughs) Once he, once he helped me move all my stuff in, took the U-Haul. I was just like, all right, I guess this is however long I'm going to be here. You know, I don't know if I'm going to even like the job. You know what I mean? I never touched a car before I got here. Uh, this is kind of like you've never been. Was it in Jacksonville, right? Yep, Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, you never been to Jacksonville before either, have you? No, no. Nope. When never heard of it. Year was this? This was 2013. Okay. Let's see. We're in 2021. Um, 22 years old at the time. Get there. They put me in a hotel for a week. They give me allowance for that, and then they'll also give me allowance for a down payment on an apartment. I have a week to find a place. So I'm in a hotel with my dad. The week is up. He leaves because then I start work. Spends a week with me down there in Florida. And then he leaves. I find uh, the first mistake was I got a condo that was way too expensive. And (laughs) expensive is not what we call expensive here. Expensive down there is like 900 bucks a month. That's expensive. And this was like a gated community. It came with a wine rack. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, I had to sign as soon as I yeah. saw the wine rack. I don't was even drink a, wine. Was it a DiBetrello condo? <laughs> I haven't actually seen it. Uh, no, I have seen it. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. that fancy. I didn't have like... Yeah, yeah no, no, I have. I have. I haven't. But I didn't have like a TV coming out of the floor and none of that. No, nothing <laughs> yeah. crazy like that. Well, only a select few have that. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> a selling point over here too. Yeah. They're on private rooftop. Yeah, no, I didn't have anything crazy like that, but... It was a gated, you know, it was a nice spot, gated community. You had like a gym, a pool that you could use, uh, you know, carpets, central air, uh, washer and dryer in the unit. So it was it was a good setup. But I'm only making $15 an hour at the time (laughs) for that. You know, luckily, I didn't have like a huge car payment or anything like that, but it was very expensive for $15 an hour. And there was no taxes though either, right? Right. So luckily, the the cost of living kind of matches the pay down there. Mm. You know what I mean? So $15 an hour gets you actually a lot, but I'm also hourly, I'm not making money as much as I could be if I was flat rate, for example. Hmm. So for those of you who don't know, flat rate and hourly are two different pay rate, like pay scales. So hourly, you know, everybody gets paid hourly, you know, any job you go to some salary, but hourly for the most part. And then flat rate is based on the amount of work you do. So each job pays a certain amount of hours. So let's say a break job costs or, or charges two and a half hours of labor. I have two and a half hours to complete that job and get two and a half hours of pay. If I do the job in an hour, I get paid two and a half hours regardless. Same thing is true if I take too long. If I take three hours, I lose a half hour of what I could potentially make. So it's a give and take. It's it's uh, you got to be good at the job. I ended up staying there for three years, not knowing. You know, I I was so. Now that I look at it, I'm like, I really just went for it. You know what I mean? It really wasn't planned. You know, it was very fast and I just had to live with it and make the best of it. Taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. So I have a s- similar story. And mm-hmm. I, when you, as you were kind of painting the picture, it made me think of so many things that I did. I was with my brother. I mm-hmm. went to Massachusetts to California in a mm-hmm. U-Haul. 
with yeah. my brother, not, not my dad. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to do it with my dad for that one. <laughs> I can picture Howie and these two guys in a van. No, I did it. I did it. Yeah, my story is almost like identical. That's a separate Chris's, podcast. Yeah. We'll have to hear yeah. that. So, <laughs> yeah, but, my you know, it's on. it's interesting because I didn't go. I didn't go to school. I didn't mm-hmm. go to school either. I went local. And yeah, I remember, and I was probably right around your age. I think I was around. I was around 20, 20, 22, 23, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, but for me, you don't know what you don't know right. when you're doing something like that. I was very lucky. I got a salary job when I got out there, mm-hmm. but man, if I didn't, you gotta, you, you know, you're working for, to put, put food on your table and right. eat your house and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine you being a younger age in an area of the country that you're not familiar with, not knowing anybody. Right. Now, the reason I was asking when it was because the, you know it was Facebook and social, so you could keep in touch yeah. with friends. I like I wasn't able to do that. Yeah. When I when I was in California, it was around whatever it was, two thousand one. Still in so, the beeper, right? I, you know what? By then, by then I sky pager. I had the flip sky phone. Pages. I think <laughs> the car phone with the cord attached to it. Yeah. yeah. So you're done. Up. So so three years you're there. Then you decide like what was the next step after that. Uh, so three years goes by um, and a couple things happened that made me second guess my my choice because actually I loved everything about Jacksonville. Shout out to Jacksonville. I loved I loved working for that company. Amazing things about Jacksonville. It's it's probably even better now because I was there up until 2016. So it was starting to develop like they were mm. putting up, you know, a bunch of housing, you know, businesses were already booming, but there were more were coming. A lot of people from my experience were starting to move. So they have an NFL team, you know, nothing mentionable, but I mean, you know, (laughs) I know you guys all know that, but uh, it was, um, it was booming when I was there. So now uh, I'm sure it's even better. I'm sure it's even bigger too. It's already a 30 mile radius, that city alone, you know, that the city of Jacksonville. So because that's coming out of 2008, 2009, when the financial crisis hit and, they mm-hmm. got crushed along with a whole bunch of other cities oh, like yeah, Detroit right and in. so on. And yeah. Um, so Jacksonville was amazing. So what, what made me want to come back was my parents are now in their fifties and well, my dad's 60 now, which is crazy, but they're starting to get older. You know what I mean? I don't trust me in those three years. I begged them to move. I'm like, you guys don't want to shovel forever. I know <laughs> you guys, I know you guys like my dad, <laughs> when he came for that, week he was at the beach the whole time he just took my car and then he would just pick me up from work yeah yeah so he was you just... couldn't sell him on the wine rack to come down no no because he <laughs> uh he drank a uh, miller light oh, i was out of light in the wine rack. <laughs> yeah doesn't really matter <laughs> no one's gonna judge <laughs> definitely chris, not me chris yeah. here's how here's how i would sell florida to Derek: no snow exactly. no snow yep a wine rack and the steel has come to town every year Yep, and you can and you can wear shorts all the time. <laughs> and I right. and you can wear shorts all the time. Yep, I'm telling shorts you, it's a bonus. Yeah, <laughs> Eric, well, I mean, you. you know what, Chris? Though, I mean, now that you're explaining yeah. it, you know, I mean, that's part of a growing up, right? You right. learning. Yeah. You buy a house. Now, did you buy that that condo right away, or did you wait a little bit? Or uh, no, the condo was the first thing I did, and that was a rental. So I was just renting that condo. Um, but it was oh, like, okay, yeah, it was the it was the first thing I. It was just. I looked at it and it was like 10 minutes from the beach. So that was another thing that kind of my eyes glossed over. Yeah. I was just like, there's nothing wrong with this. And then that first month comes around. I'm like, that's a lot of money. And you know, it's just, 
I'm glad I made that decision, not because, you know, I would have been in a different financial state sooner, but I needed to make that mistake. I needed to realize that, hey, yeah, it looks good on paper, you know, expenses wise, budget wise, but it's not going to allow you to do other things you want to do. You know what I mean? I couldn't like enjoy going out as much. You know, I couldn't I'd had to restrict my way of living because I had this condo payment. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like at that whole time, I couldn't get a car, even though mine was from 1998. I was stuck with a car from 1998 the whole time until I got later on in my career. Jacksonville, I made a lot of mistakes, but I gained so much more by making those mistakes. And that's kind of like where my mentality changed and and it, it just stayed that way through the rest of my life. And then also like being alone, going from all your friends, all your family being there to dead silence all the time. You know what I mean? Doing things, exploring on your own, going to restaurants on your own. And then one of the funny Throwing things. Up. Yeah. And it's and it's not like they're right around the corner. You know what I mean? A plane ticket, six hundred dollars anytime. You know what I mean? So go ahead. But a lot of people can't do that, Chris. Like mm. when like to do to go out there and just say, I'm gonna go to a restaurant by myself, like people get awkward like that yeah yeah but i it took me time i'll I'll put it that way it took me time before i was able to do that it wasn't like right off the out of the gate but Mm -hmm. what else would i be doing you know what i mean i'd be either if either i go by myself or i don't go at all no you push yourself to do it that's right Mm -hmm. you know that's good for my own i can tell you when i when i did my move that tom hanks movie came out where he's stuck on the island castaway castaway and Mm -hmm. you guys may laugh at this but that's how you feel when you're in, when you're in a spot where you don't you don't know anybody and it's uh, you know as you get older it's hard to meet people. Yeah, but I I felt did, very, did you have a very... hockey puck called like hockey puck that you did like Wilson. I used to, <laughs> I used to you know what I used to do, Brett. I used hockey. to leave Derek voicemails on his beeper <laughs> on his page because every you can call someone's pager if the pager thing evolved. You yeah, call yeah, voicemails. Yeah, yeah. I used to do that to Derek like once a day, and I even he would tell me. You, I should be saving these messages because I was. <laughs> I'm not going to say I was. I was going a little yeah, crazy. He, but he, yeah, he had one story about his cat looking at him and talking. And he was talking to him, and I'm like, "You've officially lost your marbles." Yeah. At this point. When you're well, when you're when you're five thousand miles. Now you were you were two thousand five hundred, whatever it was. But yeah. still, I mean, when you're separated from your family, you mentioned how hey, mm-hmm. you told your girlfriend at the time, and mm-hmm. you you were going. I mean, that does take a toll on you that you don't realize until a yeah. little further down the line. I mean, did your right. relationship come to an end after that? I mean, with her? Or was that, did you have a long-term relationship for the time being? That I mean, tanked. Tanked? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that was kind of, uh, I kind of went in with all these things in mind. It was It was more that this was an opportunity I don't know if I would get another one like this. And I explained it as best I can. I made it work as best I can. But that's like a huge ask. You know what I mean? That's kind of a huge ask. Yeah, no, you're she, right. she was a little younger than me, too. You know what I mean? I was nine. No, how old was I? 20, 22. Yeah, she was like 20. So she was like, you know, and her family was much more of a she was much more closer to her family than I was to mine. So for me, it was much easier for me to say, okay, guys, I'm taking off. And that was kind of also the way I was raised. My dad always raised me to go do things, you know, do stuff on your own. You know what I mean? He, he always encouraged me to make my own choices. Her lifestyle and the way her, she is with her family, it was very, she depends on them for a lot, you know, emotionally, uh, you know, 
she's just very close. She's a lot closer than I was. So to ask her to move, you know, because of me for me, it just it it's a lot to ask. So I had a feeling that it was going to be hard times ahead, you know, so yeah, that's kind of how you know what you did something that my, you know, my brother went down and Brian did the same thing. Brian went to California, lived for a period of time. Mm-hmm. My brother went down to, you know, Miami South Beach. He lived. You went to Jacksonville. The mm-hmm. three of you did things that you do when you're younger and you can tell people the experience you guys went through. Mm-hmm. the learning experience right and i'm sure brian can tell you stories my brother can tell you stories uh although my brother just lived life up like a what did you, you call you last week the bourgeois 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 yeah she was calling him i mean so so we know how brothers like hey, this week it's like bourgeois then he was calling right. african instead of i don't african know what it was ritual so but anyways in all seriousness you guys you know you did something that a lot of people can't say they did and mm-hmm. you learned from it and i think that's that's fantastic and um that ride down for like you with the, the, your father. Like I did, mm-hmm. that's what I did with my father too. Yeah. He went down there with me. The trip down was a lot better than the trip back. And he's probably <laughs> laughing right now because the trip back was like disastrous, but there were <laughs> memories from it, Chris, that yeah. you'll take from you. Exactly. For forever. What kind of like, I'm just curious, like, mm-hmm. can you think of like one specific thing other than your father going to the beach every day that you remember from that trip? Yeah that just kind of sticks in your mind and you kind of come back to that. Yeah. Um, the Bee Gees, cause he loves the Bee Gees. So that's kind of engraved in my head. Um, but we took pictures at pretty much every state we stopped in. You know what I mean? Awesome. We took pictures like he would pull over and we would take pictures and he, he really, we, he and I have a very special relationship in that we are not we're friends more other than just being father and son you know what i'm saying it was a road trip you know that he was excited about you know he was happy to he cherishes those moments like being together and being you know with each other it's really more the fact that he did it the whole trip in general is is yeah incredible to me because he he really knew he was going to have to say goodbye you know at some point and he's making the most of the whole time we're together, we've never been really apart that long. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't know what's going to happen to me. You know, he doesn't know, you know, anything could happen to me in Florida. You know, I could get in an, an accident or something, and this may be the last time he sees me. You know, it just, that's a little morbid, but it's, it's these things that probably go through a parent's mind when they're sending their kid off to who knows where, because he doesn't know anything about Jacksonville. I don't know anything about Jacksonville. Who knows what could have happened? But I think that whole thing, the, the fact that he did it, even though it hurt, was kind of special. And you're not really thinking about it too. Like probably at that time, I don't think I did. Like I remember him dropping me off. Like you're not really self-aware of what he's going through. No, like, hell your no. Your mother's not going through, right? You're just worried about yourself. <laughs> no, you know? no. And I remember right before I left, my mom was crying and saying, are you sure? Please don't go. And I'm like, I there's something that's tugging at me. You know what I mean? There's something mm-hmm. that there's like a chain already tied up in Florida for some reason at the time. I felt like I had to. Like there wasn't anything that's going to stop me. You know, I, I felt like I made my mind up and I felt like it was something I had to do or I may not do. I may not do it because I was just so comfortable. Yeah. And that it, makes me think of um, another another past episode, I think, with mm-hmm. Joy um, yeah. and sort of her, her path of, mm-hmm. of where she was going and the relationship that she had that didn't work out and where it led. And, I, and even mine had some was very similar. And I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure Derek and Brett can, can share the same, but mm. you know, there is that level of, you know, I think you said like a chain, like you're being pulled in a, in a certain yeah. direction. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're spiritual, you'll say it's, it's God, it's God's path. You know, some mm-hmm. people would say that, Yeah, sure. you know, so um, anyway, I think I, I agree. And I've, I've, I've felt it, you know, where yeah. you feel like it's not going to be easy. You know, there's going to be some pain to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, for, for me, I don't remember, I can't remember the situation with, with my parents, but my, my, my mom has always been like, you know, go for it. So I, mm-hmm. but, but to your original point of, you know, you got to do this. Yeah. It's not optional. Right. Um, yeah. So and the, the, here's the kicker. Um, In my earlier in my story, I told you about the, uh, how the company came out and recruited us and spoke about somebody who they already hired from Massachusetts. I ended up meeting him because obviously we're working for the same company. I ended up meeting him. He's from Fitchburg. So he's like from 45 minutes, an hour away, maybe from where I lived. And we got along so famously, like we, we just, we became brothers. You know what I mean? It was just like, cause he was, he did the same thing I did. He was like, I took a decision, you know, my girlfriend's back in Massachusetts I, my family's all in Massachusetts. He did the same thing I did. He, when he moved, we became roommates after like a year of me being in the condo. Then we became roommates. You know, life started getting a little better because now we had money pulled together so we can, you know, enjoy Florida a little bit more. You know, we were getting better at our jobs. So work was kind of, you know, a pleasure most of the time. Yeah, you got money to go take out some new boo bears for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it was, it, it was great because I forged a friendship down there and, we're both back here now. I'm going to his baby shower on the 22nd. So it's it's crazy how life kind of works out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just yes. n- never really yeah, know. You met a good friend. Yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, we relied on each other for the that emotional support, too, because he's going through the same things that I'm going through. He had, you know, family that he was worried about back here. So did I, you know, like I, back to what I was saying about, you know, what made me come back was... My parents are getting older. You know what I mean? Some things happened along the way where I needed to, I felt like I needed to be here and I couldn't, you know, I felt like I wasn't able to because money's tight at the time, you know, a plane ticket, 600, $700. So anytime something happens, I can't always just be there. I can't always just jump on a plane and go. So these things started to come into play. You know, my sister at the time she got engaged. I was luckily there for that because I was visiting at the time, but she was going to have a wedding soon, you know, she's going to want to have a baby, you know, and she's my only sister. So I wanted to be there for a lot of these things. My parents, they're not getting any younger, you know, who knows how long it's going to be before, you know, their memory is solid, you know what I mean, before I can enjoy these times, we can go hiking, we can, you know, go out and have a drink, all these things started to play into mind, you know, three years later. And I'm just like, now that I've had time to grow and think and experience, you know, what I wanted to experience, these other thoughts came into my head. And those things made me second guess, like, all right, do I really want to be this far away from family? Like, do I really want to be, you know, in a position where I can't just be there if I need to be? Mm-hmm. And so that kind of changed my perspective on things. And that's why, you know, I looked for a dealership up here and then I moved up here. I started working in Boston first. So I was working for Mercedes Benz Boston, worked there for a year, went to Manchester. And then I figured that at this time it was really slow. So not a lot of work was coming in. And if you don't get any work and if you're not doing any jobs, you're not getting paid. That's the way flat rate works. So a lot of the times I was stuck with minimal, very minimal cash flow. So I'm like, all right, I need to do something else. And after five years in the business, you know, at that, at that point, I was like about five years in working for Mercedes. And it was just, I just, whether I was phenomenal at my job or not, it all depended on the workflow. 
So knowing that I was getting stopped by forces out of my control to make money, I was like, okay, I can't allow this. I have to be in control, in more control. So what I did after that, I went to car sales, which is an easy, you know, it's, it makes sense, you know, going from fixing cars, you know, them inside and out, you know, the electrical features, you know, the safety features, you know, uh, you know, the bells and whistles, you know, how these things run and operate can go wrong. You know, it just made sense to me. For, and to you got the gift me. of gab, like my brother's saying. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So It'd I just yes with the best of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I went into uh, selling cars for Honda, which was a good move because I went from super high end Mercedes Benz cars with 64 control units in it to a car with like 15, 20 control units, you know, with bells and whistles that are new to Honda, but old for Mercedes. Mm. Because a lot of the times Mercedes comes out with things first and then it trickles down to all these other brands and all that. So Mercedes is very cutting edge stuff. It's very, you know, I think they were the first car manufacturer to implement ABS. I think they were Mercedes Benz was the first to do that. So so Chris, can you say that technically my wife drives a Mercedes if she drives a Honda? Sort of. Uh you can say that she drives a 2006 Mercedes. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to update his Facebook page now with that. Yeah. With more reliability. I'll put it that way. It's good to, it's good to, to drive a car with, I, I prioritize reliability, even as a car enthusiast over the bells and whistles. You know what I mean? So how'd you do in the car business? With car, uh, I did great. I was a uh, salesman of the month and uh, well, specialist and customer service for two quarters. And that was my first year, you know, of car sales. So the first six months, I was top of the food chain. And then something happened that, well, the car business is very, you're spending 60, 70 hours a week, you know, selling yeah. cars. My brother was in it for a while. He, yeah, it's he a grind. That. It's a grind. It's one of those things that I enjoyed the money aspect of it, which is, you see, you see now we're getting into doing like stuff you love. And then now you're into the money where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I'm, I'm just making money left and right. I have more money than I know what to do with. You know, I'm, I'm, I have like an, a savings, which I never was able to do, you know, things like that. You, you do, there are upsides, but it's a huge grind. You're doing it all the time. You're doing it when people are, have the day off. You're doing it when people are enjoying time with their family and all that you're working. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of that. And it just didn't become that important to me because I was missing out on all the other things that make life great. You know what I'm saying? And as it is, you know, I, I had a job since I was 16 working with Derek. I never, never had a lay a lapse in, in work. I was working every single minute, you know? So, uh, well, not every minute, but you guys know, you guys know what I mean? Um, but I never went without a job until COVID. I never went without a job, but even COVID didn't take me away from, from work. It was, they let me go. So long story short, I go on a test drive, regular day, come back. I come back to the dealership and everybody's standing around and I don't know why, like they're circling something and I, I have no idea what it is. So I walk in, you know, I'm, you know, the customers are outside talking about if they're going to buy the car or whatever. I go inside to bring the keys in and the plate and I see an ambulance outside. I come inside. I see paramedics working on one of my coworkers. They had a drug overdose at work. Oh, wow. So it was a pretty like very surreal, weird scene to walk in. And like, it's kind of weird seeing 10 minutes ago, this person's talking to you and you're joking and stuff. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, you come back from a routine test drive and he's blue in the face not moving, not responding. So 
I stood there and kind of like, like people were crying and stuff, but it, it didn't hit me that way. I was paying attention to what, what the paramedics were doing, what they were working, like how they were working on him, how they were calm in a situation that was very shocking to a lot of people, how they were, they knew what to do. You know what I mean? And they, they got him back. Mm. So I watched them in action and how cool and calm they were in such situations. And I was just like, I think I want to help people. Like, I think I kind of want to be able to do that. So I started going to school for EMT. And then once they found out, like the minute they found out, they fired me because their reasoning was, if you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. That's what they said to me. And I, I believe I talked to you, Derek, about that when that happened. I was just like, hey, can they legally do this? And they yeah. it's just like, yeah, this at will. So that aside, that's kind of what made me want to get my EMT license and go into helping people because I I did it long enough where I was making money and it wasn't fulfilling. It wasn't something that I was for longevity. But maybe now if I help people, maybe that will give me some kind of fire to keep doing this. You know what I mean? So which is why I went and completely flipped and did, you know, medical went into the medical field, which I haven't started yet. Um, actually probably going to start very soon, but it was, that's kind of the moment where I was like, all right, I'm kind of done with, you know, this aspect of slaving away and working and doing all this when I, I think I'd rather help people, which is also a, part, a piece of the reason why I started the podcast. So it all kind of comes full circle. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I mean, Chris, you know, if, you know, the EMT isn't something, you know, let's say, you know, it takes a little, you get into it, mm-hmm. you talking like you're talking and the way you podcast I think you, I mean, you would probably make an excellent type of life coach. You know, you're, you're telling people, yeah, you know, I'm serious, right? You know, I mean, I think it may help you mm-hmm. at the same time. You like the gift of gab. You like talking to people. Some people just, you know, they, they don't want to talk to people or, or it's just too hard for them to speak right. to people. You, it's intimidating. Feel, yeah, well, it is, right? Mm-hmm. And um, for you to get on your podcast and do it by yourself all the time, that's another thing, right? That's tough, right? Because you're not, if I was to do that, you, you know, remember, like, I'm not going to get reactions from anyone else, right? I'm, if I tell a joke, the only person laughing is me. I don't know if anyone else is laughing, right? They're yeah, probably yeah. not laughing because this wasn't funny. <laughs> I don't tell funny jokes. So my point was that to go out there and do that, I just think for you, I always, I just see you, I, I don't know, just in my opinion, that I see you as taking off and helping people in another way where it's the depression part, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, how do I... You know, what are you, what are you going through? Talk to me, you know, and I, and I'm sure yeah. that's why, and I don't know, and I can't speak for it, but I'd love to hear it. If that's how jujitsu became part of your life. Uh, so jujitsu gave me an outlet because I always did sports my whole life. I was into soccer, baseball. I did a little bit of football, nothing crazy. Um, I went to a summer camp where we shot guns, did arrows, bows, bows and arrows. We, we played a uh, roller hockey. Like I just was active a lot during my childhood. And I kind of gave that up when I went into the workforce because all i did you know uh cooking is long hours working on cars is long hours sales is really long hours so i didn't have time for anything else and then mix that in with relationships during that span of time and i just didn't have time to do any of those things once i started jujitsu mma once i started an outlet it gave me this uh chemical reaction in my brain let's say that just gave me clarity like like put things in perspective because you got to think you're walking into a room full of killers full of people that can kill you with their bare hands you know especially in jujitsu you know you're choking people out you know you're twisting joints and manipulating the, the the body in a way that it's unnatural 
to walk into a room and just realize that you have become a big fish, maybe in your own life, but now you are a very small fish in this room full of people that have been doing this for years. And, you know, you got to wrestle with these people and you got to, you got to fight these people. It's, it's a humbling experience. It's something that puts a lot of things in perspective. You know what I mean? Is this where you, you get into discipline Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in our past episodes, we've talked about intention, purpose, and I've heard you're, you're huge on the discipline part of it. Yes. Uh, and it's like, you guys mentioned, uh, you guys mentioned an expression uh, in one of your previous episodes. I forget what it was, but I have one of my own that I, I, you know, that keeps, you know, is in my, that's stuck in my head and is the minute you show up the day you don't want to do it is when you're going to start seeing big changes, something to that nature where even though I hate, you know, I don't always want to go to the gym. I don't always want to go train, but I know that the only way I'm going to get better, the only way I'm going to see progress is if I force myself to do it on the days I don't want to do it. That's kind of like, and if I, and if I skip practice and if I, and if I, you know, take time off from the gym, I'm going to be in worse shape when I get in there because it's very labor intensive work. You know what I mean? It's high cardio, high pace. You know, if you're not sharp on your skills, somebody else has been there on the days you're not there. So they're going to submit you. They're going to make you tap. They're going to, they're going to take advantage of you when you're rolling. So I don't like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? I want to be one of the top dogs. I want to walk in there, get a good workout in and make sure my skills are on par. So if I skip, if I take time off, if I let the discipline aspect slide, it's going to, I'm going to feel it. And it's only going to be where it's going to be harder on me than anybody else. Nobody else is going to have to suffer the consequences. So that also taught me, you know, to reinforce that discipline. And you, you use the analogy or, like it's like your computer mm-hmm. and you need to cut like all the updates you have to do over the right. that year that you have that phone or, you know, yeah. Um, or a computer or laptop mm-hmm. that you always got to consistently improve yourself, you know, right. which we kind of talk about a lot, like, you know, what books are you reading? Like, what are you doing to better mm-hmm. yourself each day and finding things that are gonna, instead of becoming complacent, mm-hmm. you find ways to, you know, improve that. And let's talk about like the elephant in the room. Like, sure there's a lot of people out there that I've been a victim, like I've done it, you know, like where I feel like I wasted some time where I could have probably worked on myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you think a lot of people just kind of avoid that situation? Like we're all guilty. I'll, I'll, I'll say that we're all guilty. We're all guilty of the same thing. Everybody has moments of weakness. Everybody has doubts. Everybody has their own obstacles. They put in their own way. Right. I feel like everybody goes through that. The problem is people don't like to be uncomfortable, whether, you know, yeah. whether it's, you know, their job that they don't want to, they don't want to get less pay because they're not going to have as much cushion in their day-to-day budget or whatever the, the case is. They can't go to Starbucks as much as they want, or they can't, you know, they can't go out to eat as much as they want. People don't want to take a step back, but sometimes a step back is the way forward. And when it comes to working on myself, it's a lot of ugly truths. It's a lot of ugliness that you have to deal with in order to be free. And I think people don't like facing those things. People like the fact that, you know, they have you know, uh, however many followers, you know, that perceive them in a way. And even though the truth of it may be ugly, you know, and it may be counterfeit, contrary to what they project, it's one of those things that takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of a lot of harsh criticism. And it's the worst criticism you're going to give is yourself. No matter what anybody else says to you, what you see in the mirror is the, uh, you know, the truth. Nobody else can can hit on hit home like you can hit home 
It was an episode I was just listening to it. You ever heard um, Armchair Expert? It's with Dak Shepard. I have not. If you get a second, listen to him. I think okay. you would like the what he does because he's really insightful on a lot of different like subjects. And he's got a lot of people in there from like sports to psychologists to therapists to book authors. Mm-hmm. And the other day he he was talking to Alexi Pappas. She's like a Olympian marathon. Um, and she's going to be running like, I guess she's running for Greece. And, okay. but he was talking about how, like try to the short and sweet. And I don't want to bastardize like what he said, because I probably <laughs> no, I got you. Think, but he was saying essentially like you can become the best director in the world. At the end of the day, you could become the best actor, mm-hmm. but that maybe not fulfill who you're looking at in the mirror that next day. Right. You know, like there's some other things going on there with right. yourself that even with that success, that's not, Right. That's not fulfilling those things you thought it was going to bring you. Absolutely. And the here's the the big the kicker, I guess. Uh, if I didn't deal with my depression and my own faults and my anxiety and all that, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do what we're doing right now. I couldn't do the podcast. I couldn't pursue, you know, martial arts. I couldn't do any of that because I'd be so preoccupied with the ugliness I felt inside that everything else would be numb almost. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be able to feel the ups and downs of everyday, mm-hmm. you know, life of succeeding in, in jujitsu or failing in jujitsu. It would be all lost on me. Same thing with the podcast. I couldn't speak, you know, with intent as you guys were bringing up. Like I can't I couldn't I with conviction and confidence and I couldn't do any of that if I was hung up by the person looking back at me in the mirror. And I think if people like sort those things out, the rest just kind of falls into place. It allows you to do so much more. If you bite the bullet and, you know, just deal with your shortcomings or what you perceive as shortcomings. Sorry, I keep on going. These guys are probably going to start throwing comments out at me in a second here. <laughs> no, you're good. But from you're doing jujitsu mm-hmm. and you're talking about these guys being like, you're in a small pool here and these guys are like, it could be that person in the street you're walking by and you, you shouldn't mess with that person. Yeah. But having that ability, Chris, like mm-hmm. knowing that like you're a jujitsu person and you can go in there and you probably do some bad things to someone. Yeah. You would think at the end of the day, that would like a person outside looking in would probably say, wow, this kid's got everything together. This guy can like take this person out in like two seconds, <laughs> but that's not necessarily what you're, you're again, going no, back to so that's not feeling. what you're feeling. No, there's other things happening there for you. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's a nice uh, security blanket, you could say, like, uh, because I I, I'm much more at home in situations like that now. You know what I mean? Situations where something is happening and, you know, somebody like a fight used to break out and, you know, if you were at a bar or something and somebody, you know, got rowdy or whatever, a fight would be like shocking or like intimidating. But now once you've been punched in the face enough, kicked enough, you know what I mean? Choked out enough, go unconscious enough. Like those are things that you're much more comfortable with. So in such a setting, I can think I can, I can be on my feet and say, okay, we need to get out of here. You know what I mean? And fighting isn't the solution, you know, to a, a lot of problems. Cause you just described it's- the first two hours at the DiBatrillo household every Sunday at about <laughs> 1 PM. <laughs> you guys must be great then. Yeah. But well, like, like I was saying, fighting isn't my first, uh, you know, my first response. It's like, okay, how can we avoid this situation? I would much rather sit down and talk to you and amicably settle things yeah. rather than, you know, resort to using the skills that I've 
practiced. You know what I mean? Because that's I also see it as like it's uh, it's an art to be respected. It's a it's a craft to be respected. You know what I mean? It's not something that you just flaunt and you just go and, you know, wreak havoc on poor, unfortunate souls. You know what I mean? It's not something no. that you, you just. Yeah. I guess I mean, in a sense of like, it's not taking like that anxiety you have, that depression, it is helping to you extent, but it's Mm -hmm. not dismissing that and saying, okay, that that, that depression, anxiety is going away. Right. That's still there with that confidence that you have in yourself, that you can control yourself and you can handle yourself in any situation, you know? Right. And and it's still something I got to work on. You know what I mean? It's something that it's never going to go away. I still have to keep a, a positive mindset. You know, one of the things that really helps me with that is being in the gym. I go to the gym. I have to get exercise. I have to stretch my legs. I have to do these things. I have to have some sort of routine I know that is going to improve my health, my mental health, because being active and eating right are two of the big things that have really turned around my mental health. And it's because I took those things. I took it with pride. I, I focused on it and I made sure that, you know, not only chemically is my brain behaving better, but physically I feel better. I feel like I look better. You know, I feel like I'm more capable of doing everyday activities. You know, I can go up as many stairs, you know, as I want and not be completely winded or, you know, stressed out about certain things that wouldn't stress me out just because I have all this pent up energy that I don't know what to do with. And I'm not sitting around thinking about these things all the time. If I'm in the gym, I'm focusing on what I'm doing. I'm focusing on my form. I'm focusing on the weight. I'm focusing, I'm taking my mind off the rails. And that's kind of what I feel like people need to, invest in their health a lot more and that so Chris, kind of solves itself. Go ahead. Let me, let me touch on that if, if I can, because in the next couple of months, I think we have a couple of different guests that are going to be mm-hmm. in the wellness profession. Okay. And I, I can't wait to have them on. So I want to get your take on um, mental wellness and physical wellness and sort of how one needs the other yeah. in terms of being successful. Can you make a, maybe a few comments on that? Yeah. So I think one feeds the other. Physical health will give you a much easier time with your mental health. I mean, there are certain aspects of mental health that I feel are, you know, personal issues, personal problems, maybe demons that you haven't dealt with, you know, whether it be uh, family life or past childhood issues, traumas, those things are separate. But just your everyday thought process is going to be much vastly improved by your, your, your health, by just what you eat. The things you eat, the things you, you choose to do with your with your with your time, those things are so paramount to you feeling like you're making progress. And if you're sitting around and you know eating all these you know sugars, and you're gonna feel lethargic, you're gonna feel slow, you're gonna feel like a, a piece of crap. You know what I mean? People refer to themselves, oh, "I'm just a slob," "I'm just this and that." Yeah, but that's because of what you perceive yourself as when you know you shouldn't be eating ice cream four times a week. You know what I mean? You know, it's not good for you. So that plays a role into your everyday thought process. And it's not just like, it's like thinking of things negatively, you know, assuming the worst, those are things that your health comes, you know, becomes a factor in. And it's, it's for me, it's being able to run and, get that cardio going and get that runner's high. I don't know if you guys have heard about runner's high, but it's like, it's a explosion of chemistry in, in, in my brain that changes the way I feel. Just like, for example, there are days where I don't want to go to the gym or I don't want to work out. I'll go for a run, come back. And I am in just a whole completely different mood. I'm, you know, screaming at the top of my lungs. You know, I'm just 
happy and you know it's just ecstasy you know what i mean it's just it, and that's the way it feels after your body has been you you go through that energy you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people don't take it seriously or don't pay mind to it and build up you know uh material things or put other things in the way of the real problem put these band-aids on the real issue mm-hmm. and i think that's it it, it it doesn't have to be like I am withering away in the gym. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be I'm shredded and, you know, I got veins popping out of my eyeballs. It's none of that. It's just the fact that my body is, it's almost like uh, cleaning out a filter in a car. Think about it this way. If I'm going to, I'm going to use my past experiences here. Uh, So if you have a dirty filter in a car, the engine doesn't breathe better. You lose power. Your gas mileage goes down. You change the filter and you'll be shocked at how it, your car will feel will drive and feel like a new car. Same thing. Same yeah. exact thing. Being in the gym is cleaning out your filter. When that filter gets clogged, bad thoughts, negative things start backing up. And then it just becomes your everyday life. And that was one thing that, sorry, I know I rant a little bit, but that was one thing that I didn't realize until I started changing those things. I thought my everyday life was miserable you know what i mean it was just surrounded around negativity too often and once i took better charge of my health my mental well-being you know not working as much you know these little things these little changes my diet these little changes before i knew it i was a different person right you were when you were working with my brother Mm -hmm. at that time you had mentioned about like having some like anger things that were going on right yeah. from the past things. And did you have, like, was that going on with my brother? Because obviously my brother thinks like very highly of you. So I don't know why uh, you, you weren't mad at me. Were you? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. What were you? Was it because he didn't have any headphones? I, I, went yeah. <laughs> so I told you to clean the theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do my job you mean did yeah. you ever did you ever throw things at people while like other ushers while you were in there like that's what we used to do like popcorn oh, and stuff God, yeah, when you're in there. yeah when you clean that theater you throw a starburst you next thing like winging by your head yeah from, we like, could do an episode on that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god the episodes well, well we were ushers before you right yeah Person, I, was, I can tell no, you yeah i can tell you stories before that that would be <laughs> i can imagine i mean just the way showcase ran it was like and that okay so showcase was my escape work yeah. was my escape that was the i say it to this day derek if showcase paid me enough i'd still be there yeah if showcase paid me like a, like a full like i could live off this i mm. would have stayed i would not have done much more or i would have came right back you know I, I, mean? I told i told my brother i said the staff that i had at the movie theater was the best set of employees that i ever worked with right i mean i i'm still friends with mm-hmm. the ones that yeah even now with uh Gonzo, uh, mm-hmm. Lewis, Arthur, yep. I mean, the, the Raphael Gap. Yep. I mean, the list can go on and on. Mm-hmm. The people don't know, but, and I say this with, with sincerity, I, I just like, you guys, you stayed the longest, and a lot of you guys got promoted up into the company. Some of them got managers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And other ones, I encouraged to, he said, you know what, go do something better. You know, because mm-hmm. you want to, because you're at the next level. You're yep. going to be schooling, finish up your schooling, go do something mm-hmm. else. But I couldn't ask for a better group of employees. When I asked, I mean, you guys did things, you were respectful. There was never any issues. Yeah. Everyone got along at a, at a level. Yeah. And, um, and and I missed that group. I missed the people that, that made me better, made, yeah. made my theater 
as a general manager look better because right. of you guys. It wasn't me. It was we cared. staff I had below. Yeah, it was the staff below. Yeah. Because if I didn't have the staff to help me, mm-hmm. I would have been a failure. And yeah. I credit that to you guys. And I and I sincerely mean that you as an employee um, and the rest of the were, were excellent. excellent. Yeah. And honestly, I wouldn't trade any of that. You know what I mean? They, they were the best. I mean, and at that time, you know, to get on, on a, even a little more personal uh, level, at that time, my parents were divorcing. So that was kind of like my, it sounds, I don't want to say like substitute family, but they were giving me that dynamic that I had lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, like developing, forging these, these friendships, these strong friendships, it was, it was key for me to develop properly as a young adult, as a 16 year old kid, it was proper. It was, it was paramount for me to progress. So to answer your question, it's, that's I did have anger issues, but they you would never know it. You would it, the minute I walked in there, it was the world was on one side of the glass, and my my world was on a complete other side. That's what I was kind of getting towards because I'm not just because he's my brother, but I I know the type of friendships that he has and the, the people that work for him. Yeah, everyone looks up to him. I I mm-hmm. he doesn't know, but a lot of times I was just having a conversation today um, or yesterday about that. Mm-hmm. That he does better with the friendship thing than like that I do personally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but he does that well. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I'm not trying to make this about him, but no, I get it. M- my question was is like going there was that kind of like your outlet, knowing that you were going to be around like a, a de- like a good leader and a good crew. That yeah. was your outlet. That was your second family. Absolutely, and that's and it just shows like today. You know what I mean? Like, for example, the reason we're here having this conversation, you know, me and Derek are friends and I can't say that about any of my bosses. I see his head getting bigger already, but <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I see the it's headphones naturally just, that way. just taking <laughs> the screen. Just, what, I, what, I, what we like to do is like well, when we get the, U, we get the YouTube video. Yeah. Like, we like to take like a, like a, like a screenshot of his forehead and just text it to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take the abuse my, from it. Brian likes doing it more than anyone. My phone's <laughs> run out of memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, Derek, you, you kind of facilitated that for me and you, huh? I never got the chance to say it. You know what I mean? I never no. got the chance to say it. And to be honest, Derek, I was a little scared of you when I, <laughs> when I was working there. Cause I knew you as I don't, I know you in a different light now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. then I always like, like the, my first job, I'm like, Ooh, that's the, the big boss. Like that is mm. like, that's, you know what I mean? And you know, the, the cologne, you know, the black shirts with the ties, you were just an intimidating guy. You know, you love the cologne. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have seen, you should have seen, I saw you, Derek. they had, he had probably 35 different kinds of Dracar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could have been more. I don't think Dracar had 35 different. <laughs> it could have been 35 different Dracars. Uh, I, probably, I probably have Brute too, right? Yeah. <laughs> what we were talking about before, yeah. like before you came in, I asked these guys, like if there's one leader you could, like work with mm-hmm. like who would we want your boss to be and it doesn't have to be someone you work for it could be sure you know someone that's um you know was the president someone's uh you know working for an entertainment company you know mm. anything and we were kind of going back and forth on that how important that is to have the skill sets which is the people person and yeah you know brian said the people people you know really being a people person and giving me some expectations and talking me through that and being real with me. And then, mm-hmm. you know, my brother saying like, they're diving in with you too. Like they're right. going to get in there and get their, 
hands dirty with you, you know, right. while you're doing that thing, you're like, while you're sweeping up the popcorn or whatever. And I think that means a lot to, to an employee. And I think you're right. Like there's a lot of employees that come in and that's their outlet to get away from what's going on yep. at home. Yeah. If there's something that's not good going on home. Right. Absolutely. And I think I was lucky to even be a part of that, you know, because the Corona, I haven't worked at another job other than maybe the kitchen. And even that, I didn't feel that same camaraderie. You know, the camaraderie is surprisingly strong in a in a movie theater setting. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when the rush comes, everybody at the stand has to like sometimes you have to float for people. Sometimes you you get you do favors and get things for people just because you're closer, stuff like that. And being able to rely on others when times are like rush, go, 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 you know, stressful situations. It's nice to be able to rely on these people in those times and then you can turn right around when everything's all said and done and crack jokes and and throw gummy bears at each other from across the lobby <laughs> you know it's just like those kind of things and then the fact that the managers were also that way is just like you don't see that in any work any other job i've never been or even wanted to be close to a manager you know what i mean yeah it, no you're same. right they, they, the managers that we i had that worked yeah. on nifi they they would be the first ones to jump in and they yeah. had no problem jumping in. You know? Right. And I say, I, I will say about my last job, that was one of the things like people were cool, but still I wouldn't put them on that showcase level. It was just a different time in everybody's life too, where not as much responsibilities, you know what I mean? There, one, there wasn't as much on, on a younger crew's plate. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like we were all in the same spot. Chris, I can't wait to see the art that goes along with this episode, man. It's going to be throwback, <laughs> blue sweater. I yeah. can't wait. Brett, I'll find him. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll you will. break into his phone. And... There's that one he's in his car from way back. He's got the dice in his and rear Oh, in the rearview mirror? Oh, yeah. the, Chris, the funny one of those. I don't know. You, you may or may not know this. It came okay. up with someone that was on. Yep. I forget. It was Mike. Mm -hmm. you know, Derek was the connection of all connections for the guys that had like that first date. I'd be like, yeah, we're going to just walk in. I know, I know the manager. <laughs> and it, it was like, he would lift that, you know, like that, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. The veil. I'll let you write yeah, it. You know, Mr. Nazarian, come on in. We have your, we have your seat. Oh, he used your, he used but it was a whole nother side to Derek that you didn't even know about. Oh, I was. And he was yeah. there and he was taking care of all his, of all his, all yeah, his we boys. did. We had a blast. Yeah. So I can't yeah. tell you how many times he made me look good walking in, walking in there, you know, him, me. I, I mean, I would bring in a couple people and it would be like, yeah, you guys have those tickets. And they'd be like, oh yeah, just go right in. And I'm like, see you guys. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the fun thing go ahead Bert. i know you wanted to bring yeah i'm sorry up. i didn't mean to cut you off no 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 no, 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 no my brother no, my brother I... we had, my brother was his, his girlfriend he um mm -hmm. she listened to some of your episodes yep. and i think she wanted oh, to present nice. some questions nice. to you oh yeah she, she had she found some things very interesting sure so we were we were talking about the um her and i were talking about the um some of the the, the relationship stuff and mm -hmm. that you were going through and stuff like that. And one of my questions was before he, she probably jumps in, um, she's pulling up right now is you said like a lot of nice things there about like some of your past relationships. Mm -hmm. Have you gone back and like, you said, you know, some of them are probably maybe listening to this right now. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, have you gone back to them and talked to them and said, Hey, like, these are some of the things I know, like what I potentially did wrong in this relationship. Um, not all of them, but yes. And the reason why is because some things, you know, I, 
I was very uh, candid about my feelings because not everybody, you know, not every relationship. My like I like I said in my past episodes, my relationship was all of them were great. You know, what I mean, I didn't have like that toxic back and forth where I would call you names. I never called them anything but their name or something affectionate. You know what I mean? I was never throwing things or losing my temper. None of that ever. It just was differences. You know what I mean? Just things that I felt I had to work on and I couldn't function in a relationship. You know, a lot of times it was it was more that than anything else. You know, one was uh, Florida. You know, I moved back here. I had to end that relationship and same vice versa. When I moved out to Florida, those two relationships had to go. And then this past relationship was I was dealing with depression, my mental health. I needed to get that in order. I didn't feel like I could function. And I was making this other person feel like she wasn't a priority because I was so wrapped up in myself. I was so clouded that I couldn't, I couldn't get out of my own way. So the relationship, the relationship suffered and I felt like, Hey, this is probably better if I step back and I can't function a relationship this way in the first place. So why would I hold you up from potentially finding somebody that's going to do everything I can? Right. And that's kind of where I drew the line there. But those are the the only three relationships. But I, you know, I kept them on that page. You know, I Mm -hmm. didn't just I didn't just, you know, leave things hanging. But also, I feel like with relationships, sometimes it's better to just leave things the way they are, you know, just leave them be and kind of not disturb, you know, someone else's life, you know, not uproot them, because I'm sure I'm I'm like it would be. One of those things where if I ran out, ran into this person, we would be on good terms. You know what I mean? But it would still I would still have this little piece of my heart hurting. You know what I mean? It would still have that impact on me when I see them at it, like unexpectedly. So I fi- I figure like if someone's, you know, it's been so long, you know, they're they're moving on with their life. I'm probably the last thing on their mind, you know, so why show up out of the nowhere to be like, hey, remember this and that? And like, why bring up all that? Right, you know, right. when if if I see this person doing well, you know, I'm working on my own things, you know, why why disturb that? So this is this is Barbara. Barbara, that's Chris. Barbara, nice to meet you. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Uh, yeah. So I was actually listening to a couple of your episodes um, okay. the other day. And I think one that really um, stood out was the love episode that you did. Um, and the reason why is because I have my own podcast and mm-hmm. one of our episodes with two of my best friends, um, we talked about love and we mm-hmm. talked about like how we define love as more of an action than mm-hmm. more of a feeling. And I just wanted to see like your point of view of like, how do you define love? Do you see it more as an action feelings or do you see that as being both? Um, that's a great question. I feel like love can be defined in many different ways. Um, I don't necessarily feel like it's one or the other. I don't feel like it's there's a label that you can put on love because people love in so many different ways. In my experience, my form of love has also been actions and feelings more like I, I would say it's a 50 50 because I'm I. I think I mentioned it in that love episode where I'm the kind of person that I will take focus off of myself to do things for this person or spend time with this person or, you know, or uh, go out of my way to do things with this person. So for me, my, my label, I guess, if you, if I could put a label on it, it would be 
a cultivation of both. What I also would say is it's also what you're willing to do for this person when it's something you don't want to do. You know what I mean? How far you're willing mm-hmm. to go when you don't want to go. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think that also defines love in a, in a lot of ways, because you're not always going to want to do something you both want to do. Sometimes you're going to have to make sacrifices and compromise. And I feel like that is another way of looking at it that would define love because it's what you're w- willing to do when you don't want to do certain mm. things. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that that part of it is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also appreciate appreciate you talking about love because most of the time with this conversation is mm-hmm. always like women who are talking about it sure. and expressing it. And we don't see a lot of men like really talking about like their love or their love journey. And mm-hmm. that's Barbara, really, I have, like, Barbara, I have great news for you. I, yeah. I, don't know I take it, offense to that. Derek and I are going to start our own separate podcast. <laughs> just about We're going to dig really deep into this. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get pretty talk. emotional. <laughs> Your brother's gonna, not allowed. You're gonna laugh. We're gonna cry. <laughs> We're gonna laugh share again. stories. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now, A plus ratings on uh, iHeartRadio after this. You'll hear it. Yeah. You hear the sincerity <laughs> out of our voices. And Barbara, you can come on and we'll talk. Okay. Like, we'll really, Just let we'll, me know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. There. Maybe not. <laughs> you guys are okay, gonna thaw out those. I, you know what, Barbara? I feel bad. Continue because you know what? You had some great questions, and I think yeah. you should continue with your questioning. You really sure. did. Typical Derek. <laughs> I didn't interview. I didn't interrupt him that time. That was Brian. <laughs> but no. But my question was like, why yeah. do you think? I don't know if if you're able to answer it, but like, why do you think like a lot of men don't talk about love so openly? Oh God, Bobby. I can answer that. Sorry, I, I sure just can answer. Well, I can tell you why. Yeah, I was gonna say that might be a question more you, for Derek. You want you want me to answer. tell you why? No, no, that's Chris. You answer that. That's. Because yeah, I'm sure. interested as to why you went down that road of, of having an episode on love. Because you had everything. Mm-hmm. You mean, you were talking to interview with people and yeah. building on Barbara's question. Like, what made you decide to go down the road of having an episode about love? What, what triggered it? Uh, because I've had a lot of time alone and I've had a lot of time to uh, process the way I've handled it this far. And after dealing with my own personal issues with depression and all that, I have a different perspective on a lot of things and I have to kind of evaluate those perspectives now that I'm in a different mental space, now that I'm thinking clearly, thinking differently. So love was just one of the things that uh, was, you know, especially breaking up due to like my own mental health and all that. Like that was kind of a big reason why I stepped out of a relationship. So now that that I've kind of have a handle on that and I'm in a much better space I was able to reevaluate what happened and the way I handled it and how I'm going to handle it moving forward. So that's kind of been on my mind. And I think I opened by saying, like, I waited a long time to talk about this because I wanted to talk about it from a perspective where I'm more healed. I'm more in a uh, how can I say I'm in a much more solid foundation. So I just didn't want to speak and say something that I might have said because I was hurt or might have said because I had doubts or might have said because I didn't know what else to say. I didn't want to do any of that. I kind of wanted to speak from a solid place. And that's why that episode came out, because I feel like it was the right time. That's great. Yeah, I just wanted to like those were the two questions yeah. I had. No, absolutely. Um, I'm happy to answer. But yes, I mean, and, yeah, but and, and I love to read why. Episode. 
But why don't men talk? I mean, to, if I was oh, question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, <laughs> I just because answered yours. <laughs> I, I thought you should answer it, not me. I'm no, not. I will. I will. Um, I feel like when it comes to men talking about these things, you know, I was lucky enough to be raised to reveal those kind of emotions. But it, I think a, a big part of it is the way you were raised. I know a lot of people, a lot of men are raised with the machismo kind of um, mentality in mind. You know, some people, and no offense to any present company involved just uh it's just like you're raised in harder times you know by a father that says that is very stern maybe or you know i think a lot of it it depends on your 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 uh upbringing because my dad was very like you got to tell me you can't let these feelings be bottled up he's oh wait, my whole life you can't let feelings be bottled up you can't let emotions be bottled up you have to talk to me about this you have to like you can't hold on to things too long because it'll make you sick. And that's the way my dad's thought process is. So it, it's natural for me to say too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's natural for me to just, you pop the cork and the champagne's flowing. So it's like, for me, it's much more of a natural thing. And I think with a lot of guys, it's a tough, it's a tough topic because they have to let down, you know, maybe an ego thing. Like if you have a big ego, it's hard for you to be vulnerable. It's very hard. It's not something, never mind you do with other people. It's something very hard to do with yourself. You know what I mean? Just to let yourself feel something sometimes is a big, is a big problem for men. It was a big problem for me. Pride, pride was a huge thing. Ego was a huge thing. Uh, that feeling that I have to be this person or I have to have these, you know, I have to be emotionless or have less feelings towards a certain subject or a certain uh, situation. A lot of that was what plagued me. I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for other guys, but that was something that held me up a lot in relationships. Pride, probably the biggest, because you got to, for if I feel in a, in a relationship, pride has to kind of go. You know, it, it can't be one of those things that you hold on to. It's not more important than your relationship. It should never be more important than your relationship. And pride, personal ego, those things can take precedence over what's really important in a relationship. And that's ultimately what's going to destroy it. Hmm. That's you know, the way. Barbara, I think probably the other person who would answer this question who's on this podcast is Brian. Brian and hmm. I'm not joking. I'm, not, and I'm yeah, being serious no. when I say this, Brian. Brian's a very emotional person. And not and like, hmm. not I'm saying, but he would tell you. Yeah how he feels right and, he, and he'll sit down he'll tell you how he feels about his kids mm-hmm. tells you how he feels about his wife yeah and he has no problem doing that mm-hmm. and i've talked to brian in the past and i've seen him get very emotional about when he when he talks about his kids yeah and i know brian can speak more of that i'm speaking for him but i think brian's another one who's he, he as a man he has no problem sharing his feelings yeah. no barbara i am not coming on your show to talk about my i'll go on the autocast and talk about no 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 it's you know what it's really tricky because a lot of our listeners and i always think about who's listening and how they're gauging it and right you think about people that i know people that i know mm-hmm. married some that are not married some that have been divorced mm-hmm. you know some that have gotten married multiple times been divorced multiple times and you know, my, my, my experience with, especially with, with my kids is, is love is a, is an extremely, of course, it's an extremely emotional thing. Absolutely. It's extremely hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my love that I have for my wife and is sort of different for the love that I have for my, for my kids, Absolutely. you know, and within our relationship, cause we've been, we've been married, my God, 15 15 years, 15. 15 and a half years, you know, and I, and it's, it's a journey. It's going to sound super tacky, sure. but yeah. it is, you know, and, and, 
you know, it's, I don't know if it's, as, if it's hard for guys to, to, to talk about it. It's hard for guys to, to talk about anything that's going to bring out an, an emotion yeah. from, from, you know, I've known Derek since I was a kid. You know, I've known him since since I was in the seventh grade, so I could talk to him just about anything. Right. He's one of the, and he's one of the best listeners in, that I've ever known. Mm-hmm. So it's probably why he was such a great manager because that's one of it's a skill set that he has that not a lot of people Absolutely. have. Mm-hmm. Even when he's mad at you, he'll, he'll <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that. <laughs> he won't I've like you while listening to you, but <laughs> yeah, listen. But truly, I think from 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 my experience, you know, um, you know, when you are talking to somebody, you want to make mm-hmm. sure that they are, they're listening. Yep. Um, and they're and they're understanding where 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 you're coming from. But mm-hmm. you know, it's, Chris, I got I got to say something that I find yeah. very interesting. You're a good cook, Thank right? You. You're, yeah. No, I don't. I'm, the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that decent. the wrong way. You know decent. how to cook. You're, yeah, yeah, you're a trained yeah. cook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know how to fix cars. Mm-hmm. You're, you, you're, I'm, listen, you're, I'm comfortable to say you're, you seem like you're a good looking guy. Thank you. You're, you're tough. You're, you're a trained fighter. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, man, there's a lot of single women that listen to our show based on <laughs> that we've seen. That I'm probably going on Barbara's show. You're gonna you're gonna probably your your socialite's about to pick up. Uh, you, know going with this one. you can be like the David Alaboucher of like 106.7 Magic at Night. You can tell you like the voice. You got the, the voice, voice for it. You got, the, like, you got that yeah. fantastic voice. That's another yeah. guy. <laughs> Even my brother said it, he goes, he goes, he's got the voice of the part there. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, when it comes to that. It's uh, I feel like I'm just very uh, focused on what I'm doing. And I've I've in the past, I've taken a very uh, aggressive approach with women where I've, you know, gone out and gone out of my way to, you know, talk to women and, you know, uh, you know, uh, get relationships started. Instead of taking that approach, I'm, I'm doing it differently. My last three approaches were me, you know. Or me taking initiative. Uh, this time, I think I'm gonna sit back, and I think I'd rather see what happens that way because I think right now I'm in a good place, and I don't want to jeopardize that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that a relationship or a girl is a nuisance, but I feel like I'm in a place I've worked so hard to get to, and it's kind of like one of those things that if it happens, it's it's gonna happen, and. I feel like me going and taking initiative, it just, it's something that I've done. And I feel like, I don't think it's the way it's supposed to happen for me in this, in in this next case. I feel like, I think this, whoever this person is, this person will present themselves. And if they want to talk to me and get involved with me, then they will. But I don't think I want to, I don't want to, you know, you know, take initiative and possibly disturb. The three guys will become a dating service, and we'll, <laughs> that's our next venture. And it's into the merchandise and YouTube videos. We're gonna go down. Right? So, so Chris, how, how we'll be can back uh, two and two? <laughs> Chris, Chris, how can the women? I mean, our listeners um, yeah. connect with you. Uh, tell us. I know you mentioned the podcast, so give yep. us your podcast information where we can find that. Uh, I think you're on Instagram. So yep. Uh, Give so us all the stats. For Instagram, I'm at the Autocaster. Um, and that will be, you know, where I post clips, you know, so you guys can look at episodes, see what kind of resonates with you, and then you go down my list and you can pick whichever one. But I'll take I usually take a couple minutes and you know, take a just like you guys do. Um uh so you you can reach me there and also for any like uh inquiries or anything like that, 
at the auto, uh, sorry, the autocaster at gmail.com. That's my email for the, uh, for the podcast. Um, I have a Facebook page called the autocast um, and you can just join. But other than that, you know, my own personal phone number. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, My own personal uh, Instagram would be, and you guys might get a kick out of this. It's uh, Suave Suarez. So (laughs) S-U-A-V-E underscore my last name, S-U-A-R-E-Z. But that's more like friends, personal stuff. I don't post a lot. You know, I'm, I'm pretty off social media. But uh, if anybody wants to get in contact with me, that's the way to do it. Uh, you know what? I think, Barbara, you know what? I think he'd be great for your, your uh, as, a, as a guest, you know, talking about yeah. love and everything else. I'd be happy to be a guest. I, I don't mind you, you can, you can, yeah. Oh, you guys really? Can. Yeah? Yeah, no. Get it in writing. Let's do it. I will, I will do it. <laughs> we will do it. We will talk about everything. Yeah, oh, no, I'm love. I'm pretty open. You'll have an emotional filled night. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be, there's going to be like three girls on the other like line, just like drooling, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Here's this and um, you guys can go from there. Be yeah, no, I'd, 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 I'd be very happy is. to do that. Yeah, I'd be very happy to do that. Yeah. I'll definitely, I'll definitely reach out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, just send me an email, and if you guys have like a date in mind, I'm pretty flexible at the moment. Okay. So, so now, yeah. Chris, do you do your uh, podcast with people in your house, or do you do it through Zoom? Uh, so I do them both ways. So I'll do them through like FaceTime. For example, I had my my uh, science teacher on. That was the last episode I did. That was through uh, FaceTime. Um, but I do like the audio quality better when they're in person. Yeah. yeah I just got a, the second mic, uh, the second microphone running. So hopefully I, because the last ones, I just pretty much use this one, the one I'm using now. It has some settings on it that you, you're able to, you know, it'll monitor the room. You know, you can change the space in which the microphones operate. So hopefully, you know, once people feel more comfortable, I can do more in-person stuff, which I would like to, if I get the chance i'd like to do it in person with you guys because i think it'd be a riot but yeah. um no definitely yeah so i i i do both it just depends on what the person's comfortable with you know what i mean yeah Especially well my brother's in connecticut so it's tough for us to yeah you know for us to get together at this point yeah in that's time. that's true yeah, yeah and that's the tough that's just tough aspect of it you like doing the um i mean i know you, you explained in the beginning you really mm-hmm. like doing the uh basically you're by yourself you answer all the you know you ask all the questions and um and your guests go back and forth like that. You you enjoy that, huh? Yeah. So it's I like to have a very lax, you know, just like what we did. Very lax, you know, it, it makes them it gives them because this can be like a nerve I, I, more surprising than I thought it would be. But people get nervous, you know, just sitting there and they've talked to me like all the time, like people talk to me without being nervous all the time. But the minute you put a microphone in front of somebody's face, they get all anxious and and nervous even myself i was a little anxious in the beginning of uh doing this but it's once you kind of if you're if you're into a more conversational approach it kind of melts away and they start having fun after a little bit and you feel they feel much i find that they feel much more comfortable with me you know if they were talking to me like if they were talking to me on the street or outside you know what i mean in tons of situations that they've already have experienced with me so i really enjoy seeing people enjoy the conversation and kind of tell their story in a way that they that that it feels organic it feels authentic and i feel like that's the best way not scripted right yeah exactly yeah because it's it's 
it's just what makes them feel comfortable. And they're more apt to tell me, you know, much more loosely how their story happened. And I, and I like that. I like, I like people trusting me with their experiences. I enjoy that. And I take, I take pride and responsibility with that. Yeah. You dropped that FM, you know, late night radio voice on them. And they're like, they, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, it's a little mood music Ooh. in the background. He's like, Ooh. You, Suarez on the mic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, um, what is your, by the way, before yeah. I ask the next question, mm-hmm. the, the, the one that you had with the, the kid that does the, the furniture, what's his name? Jetro Link. Oh yeah. yes. That was a good, yeah, one. that was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really story is interesting. Story. Yeah, that, I really I saw the it. pitches too. Like I went to his, um, he's got a few mm-hmm. on IG, I think it was. And yep, yep. That was some, uh, that's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's very, when I saw, it's like very, it's industrial almost, you know what I mean? He uses copper piping for the base and stuff like that. And he was explaining how he uses real wood and he cures and does all the, the whole, the whole bit with it. And it really was like, when I saw it, I'm like, dude, and how can I help you? You know what I mean? Like how, how can I get the word out that you're doing crazy stuff like that? That's going to be built to last. You know what I mean? So I, 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 and we're old childhood friends. So he felt very comfortable, you know, sharing that with me. And that's kind of, you know, it, it all feeds itself because I get to help him, you know, get the word out about his, his furniture and what he, you know, he wants to do that for a living. All I am is a, an antenna. That's the way I see it. You know what I mean? To be able to elevate somebody who's, trying to work on something and, you know, accomplish a dream. And all I have to do is talk to them for a few hours. You know, what is it, what does it really cost me? You know? Sure. Oh, and I, and I told you that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. His work is, is pretty crazy. I was, when I was texting with you a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, you starting that podcast, I'd always thought about doing a podcast. I talked uh-huh. to my brother about doing it, but I was like, where do we go with it? You know, there's a yeah. thousand podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you know, and then you and like, what do you have a platform that people want to listen to? And I saw you do it, and I said, you know what? You gave them the motivation to do it. I yeah, and and like I I I said the same thing in text. I'm like, hey, if that's what it, if I was able to do that for you, that's God, that's that's a huge accomplishment. I feel, and that's something that it, my podcast has done its job. You know what I mean? A, a lot of this is my my main focus is getting people to inspire people. You know, whether that be me talking in a room with a mattress on the door for soundproofing for 45 minutes or if it's yeah. like having somebody sit here with me and tell me their story and go through their struggles and mm-hmm. laugh in the meantime you know and you know get serious and maybe get emotional like that's all i want that all to be taken in and i want that to be able to pr- propel somebody into doing their own thing and giving them the confidence because look uh, i have no crazy setup you know what i mean i have a laptop a microphone headphones. I really don't, I'm really working with the bare minimum. You know what I mean? I'm not do, I don't need like this huge place that I'm renting, you know, with all these, you know, all these, you know, high end sound equipment, you know, I'm very, I'm doing something very modest here. And I think I'm accomplishing almost the same goal. Well, you know what? I, I was just reading your, uh, your bio. So I answered the question got answered. So, cause I was wondering what happened with the EMT. So you got your license and you want to be a firefighter. I did. Yep. Yep. Cool. So that is something that I'm working on. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go into the EMT field for a little bit and do that for a little bit before uh, I get onto the, uh, the the fire team because it's, you know, there's a list of 200 and 300 people. Yeah. So well, Derek, a, and I, Derek and I know an EMT. Um, my uh, my cousin Johnny's 
son-in-law is oh MIT. yes so he oh, yeah. i don't know i don't know in that whole world if it's, you chat with someone and get an idea of what well, it's like the, and... the firefighters that's that's, a, that's taking civil services i did that for years i, I know the, yeah. the what you're going through chris i did it for the police the fire yeah. department corrections mm-hmm. and stuff it's, yeah. not, it's not easy because if they're not hiring many you know yeah, you're a little in limbo, but that's why I'm saying like I I can work as an EMT. My yeah. uh, friend's mom is a is a manager. She works for an ambulance company. I think it's out in Middleton or something like that. So nothing too crazy, you know, nothing too far away. But she says, you know, that she's more than willing to give me a shot at it. So I'm not really worried about that. It's more like uh, just being patient, you know, not getting discouraged. And that's kind of like life, right? So yeah, I know that's great. Yeah, um, we're gonna keep the you gonna keep the podcast going even if you. Uh... Oh yeah, I love doing this. This is like oh, my my good. hobby. You know what I mean? And I I love it enough to continue doing it. You know, if I don't love it, then I'm not gonna do it. But yeah. I, I feel strongly about this. You know, I I wasn't really very artistic. My mom, I mean, uh, my dad and my sister got all those genes. I didn't get any of that. I can't draw worth a damn. So. Uh, I feel like this is kind of my way of expressing art that and probably cooking. That's awesome. My brother got so excited about the podcast. You get him motivation. You know, like that scene in Rocky when he runs up those stairs. <laughs> yeah. He went boxes and ran up to the beach. Why? <laughs> with his hands Salisbury. in the air, just boxes middle, and flip-flops. Middle of February. Plaid shorts. Wind, wind off the water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went flying up that. Sandals. Oh, it was like it was instant Botox to my face, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, well, Chris, we, uh, you know, thank you for taking time out of your day to uh, or night to to catch up with us, and we'll have to loop back around with you, and then uh, absolutely, you know, to to connect with you, and you know, where I think it's networking too. So, you know, the opportunities to yeah. potentially do barbers and, you know, sure. things like no. that. I think those are good uh, opportunities there. So trying yeah. to help people out, but we want to, what we like to do is end on a few questions. So I will, uh, yeah. Brian, do you have one? You got it, Brian. You took the big one away. So ask him now. Yep. <laughs> well, you can ask him again. <laughs> yeah, ask him again. All <laughs> the thunder. What triggered, what triggered you to reach out to that, to, to your teacher? What was that? What, where did that come from? So all, all my, uh, so back in the day when he was my seventh grade teacher, he was a young cat. Like we were saying, he was probably like 24 years old. Oh, okay. Understood. But at that time he was, you know, cause I was in school and I lived in Lawrence. So my sister went through school too. So she had him. So she's a couple years behind. So I kind of always kept tabs and I would see him around the, around, you know, around Lawrence, like just playing basketball, riding bikes, you know, just enjoying his time there and it's just like teachers don't really do that <laughs> you know they they go to school you know they do their job they go home but i knew he was traveling a lot i knew he was uh i heard about his his trip to new zealand where he just went you know what i mean and he was hitchhiking places i heard about all this and he had a couple experiences beforehand when you know i spoke to him in my seventh grade class and he told me like all the traveling he did and that kind of stuck with me. And that kind of changed my perspective on life a little bit at a very early age, because I'm looking at this guy who's, who's got a job, you know, and he's doing what makes him happy. He's visiting all these countries, all these places, kind of going bare bones a lot of the time, you know, just uh, working, you know, he was talking about how he stayed in hostels, you know what I mean? Just working and volunteering and making connections with random people from different cultures. And this, this, just white guy going out and doing all these things in different countries where he doesn't speak the language. He doesn't have, you know, 
what he just does it because he likes people and he likes learning and connecting. And that was kind of something I'm like, that sounds amazing to me. You know what I mean? As a kid, it's just like, yeah. that's an, that's a, one of the few examples I have in my life of someone who's doing something they love and getting the job done. And, you know, he's passionate about teaching. He's passionate about his influence on kids. So it's just like, he's just a good dude that I've wanted to have a conversation with since I met him. You know what I mean? But that teacher student dynamic never really allowed for it, you know, and, you know, life goes on and I kind of wanted to like, this was just kind of perfect opportunity. You know, I'm doing this podcast. I can have sit down and have a real conversation with him. So that's kind of what made me want to reach out to him. It's been a long time coming. Long story short. Eric. So we always ask this, Chris. Yes. What's your favorite grocery? Well, actually, do you have a grocery store that plays good music? You always mess up. Well, you know what? Because (laughs) you could ask this multiple ways. Like, is there, because the last time we've asked someone, they're like, oh, I don't have any grocery stores. And so, do you have a grocery store that's popping or that's jamming? Do you? Yeah. I bring the jams. So I'll typically pop in a podcast, much like one like yours. Or I'll listen to music or I'll do something on my own, but it's no, not really. No, there's no, no like, there's, there's no, a reason maybe, I bring maybe, headphones. You know what though? Maybe you should go into a, <laughs> Derek, maybe, gonna, maybe Derek, you go into a Spanish. What good? Derek, I'm serious. I'm going to find who it is. There is someone who works for the Demolis company that is responsible. Their one and only job every day. Is to program the music for the really? entire. Oh, so uh, well, no, I'll joke aside, that, right? So we need to work... get on the show. We need to find oh, who that is. Well, we have the movie theater, right, Chris? Yeah. Remember, I had the the sound system upstairs. I could play yep. around with music. I could put dance right. on there. I could put yep. Uh, a couple times put rap on there. And I'm like, whoa, we got to change yep. this because it's started coming out with <laughs> yeah. stuff that weren't supposed to be said at the movie. Yeah. Theater. Yeah. yeah. F this and F that. And I'm yeah. like, well, yeah. we got to F and change this. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's why I said some places have music. I don't. know, Maybe you go into have a whole system. Yeah. 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 So well, the one the 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 I'm in Salem right now. So I shop at the Salem Market Basket. Um. It's not bad music, but it's, you know, my, my taste in music is very wide ranged. Would yeah. I say that I'm in there with the strobe lights and, you know, like, just <laughs> like with a, with a, you know, skip into my loo down aisles in market basket. No, <laughs> not exactly. I'm not moonwalking down aisles in market basket, but <laughs> that's why I, you know, I take the time to do when I'm doing that. I take the time to listen to podcasts, you know, just yeah, I don't relax, know. just kind of do my thing in the market, in the store. Brian off his chair over there. Yeah. <laughs> Suave Suarez. Here's one. Yes, sir. Okay. What's your f- uh, favorite culinary dish to make? Uh, I'll tell you my best one, chicken marsala. Mm. My favorite one is, uh, and I got this recipe from Arthur Derek. You should probably ask him for it. It's uh, Mexican casserole. Oh, really? Yeah. So... But yeah, no, that would be my favorite dish, the uh, Mexican casserole. That one is like a, it's a hit. Because one of one of the shows we're going to do on our YouTube page is going to be a uh, a cooking show. Oh, okay. Just so you know, so it's good to know that. I'm going to make a mental note. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Brian does the YouTube. You you'd like that, especially because he did one the other day with um the person who runs. Well, I think it was Merrimack Eats, and um, it, it'd be interesting because they talk about food and stuff like that. I think he'd be great for that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I have a lot of experience I with restaurants. Anyways, I did the four years of culinary in high school and then I did uh, 
three years or two and a half years in one restaurant, one year in the other. So I have a good amount of experience under my belt. So I, I'd be, yeah, absolutely. I'd be honored. I think you have one more question here. Yeah, of course. Go ahead, Barbara. So um, would you be able to make us dinner when you come to join us for According to Us? Ooh, <laughs> that's a good question. That is a good question. So now, Barbara, you're asking him to make dinner, right? And travel three hours to go see Yes, yes. So and talk about dinner, his feelings. Yeah, yeah. And talk about yeah. his feelings yeah. Yeah. to make dinner. Yeah. yeah, exactly, Chris. So you better provide alcohol for Chris so he can. <laughs> I can do some sort of green smoothie or green juice. Okay, cool. Um, so alcohol. As long as, <laughs> as long as you guys don't mind Spanish food, I'm all over it. Spanish food, oh, I think, is yeah, we're, we're probably... not picky at all. Okay, yeah, I can do that. Deal. Yeah. So there you go. Just, I mean, Chris, uh, you, you, you've got. That. I'm locked in. Yeah, now you're locked in. Three There's hours. No way out. The By the way, we're gonna be looking for a two if we go on your podcast. We're gonna look for a, little, yeah. a meal. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> gonna be, oh, I want to be treated like sluggish. I want to. I want to have a green room. Like going there before we do the show. Relax, yeah, yeah. Have a couple of drinks before you come in and yeah, do your I'm set. A, a little masseuse in there. <laughs> Chris, yeah, thank absolutely. you again, man. We oh, appreciate it. The honor is mine, guys. I appreciate you guys uh, having me out here and well on here. And you guys are doing great. I've listened to every episode, so I'm going to continue. You're doing well too. I, I love the fact that you're doing it by yourself and you're you're giving your feel. I mean, seriously, you, you you give out your opinion, your feelings, and everything like that. And that's not easy to do. Oh, yeah. Do. yeah, you're doing really great things, man. Keep it up. I appreciate up. it, guys. Yeah, congratulations, um, Chris. Sounds like, Thank you. sounds like you have a lot going on. Thank you. Yes. I'm interested to see where you, you're taking that and um, yeah, and where you end up a year from now, two years from now. And, and... So am I. <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Chris. Right, Thank Take you, my care, friend. Bud. Have a good night. Take care. Take care. You too. Good night, guys. Be good. Oh, you want to tell people about your YouTube? Yeah, let, let's just um, so want the listeners give a follow on our YouTube. I know you probably heard it on some uh, previous episodes, but the purpose of the YouTube page is a little bit what we talked about with Chris. Is we're going to have subject matter that sort of piggybacks when we talk about here. So, for example, we when Kaylee was was on uh, talking about her her food blogging, it made me think about man, we should talk about what's going on around here. A lot of our listeners are in the Merrimack Valley in the Massachusetts right now. So there's a show that um, it just talks about the area restaurants and some people that are within the industry that are well-respected. Um, it's a great discussion. We're going to have one on uh, 80s glam metal, which may sound goofy, but people love talking about concerts and their experiences when they were young and things that made them. And we got one on wellness. We're going to have, and we got some others. Maybe you guys can even send some ideas. So I just wanted you know to give what, a Brian, shout you, out. So you, said it, you, you know, you said it about being goofy. I have, I listen. I wasn't into the metal that you guys were back then. I listened to this little brief expert that you sent out, and let me just tell you, I was into it. Right, so it's not goofy at all. It's it's worth listening to. It's fun, and it talks about a different genre of music that maybe applies to some people, but may not. But you guys were very interesting, and in and the conversation flowed, and it was very good. So it's not goofy at all. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, thank you for that. And I'm I'm really excited about um, getting it launched. I'm learning a lot with working with 78 Bretzky productions and understanding um, how that all comes together. So um, yeah, give us a follow. Please start giving us some comments and continue the feedback, all that stuff. Cause we look at all of it. Uh, I know all three of us are so appreciative of, of everyone taking the time to the downloads and our numbers are going up every day. So uh, 
Thank you. Yeah, Brian, you you hit it on it at the beginning. You're, you know, there's you want to dive into a lot of different topics and discussion areas, and that's what you're doing with the YouTube piece there. So I, I think there will be a lot of listeners that are appreciative of what you're doing there and you know what you know your brothers was involved too and yeah yeah and i, sh- I should mention that it's not going to be just yeah. hearing us again uh you may have derek on with someone yeah. who's within his, a business that he's involved in or brett hopefully you can maybe get some more actors and talk about that whole journey mm-hmm. so it's meant to just push say, push the needle yeah <laughs> no it's what, what other people doing. talk about things right have some hashtag fun, like, push the needle hashtag push, yeah. push the needle uh <laughs> We're going to have a, to, to piggyback on our toppy top 10, we're going to have a Derek top two. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we actually, we should do a podcast. I'll do YouTube, actually. Let me take that back with uh, best beepers of all time. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <Pager>. <laughs> and what, what you'll do is you'll have the people that still sell the pages sending you their pages. So they yeah. Can show them. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Pitches. Actually, that's a, that's, that's a good <laughs> yeah, one. Actually. Yeah. Put it in your like IG story or something. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we want to thank everyone again. And if you do have anyone that's interested, you think would be a good um, guest on our show, you can reach us at 78bretskyproductions at gmail.com. Again, 78bretskyproductions at gmail.com. Um, we're on, you know, DM on, yeah, DM on Facebook. Yep. Um, thanks for saying that for me. Well, you you were stuttering with the IG, 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 IG. <laughs> and we're on Instagram, but I finish off the Instagram. We might as well. It's the underscore three underscore guys yeah. underscore podcast underscore. That's a lot. P. Uh, P. Yeah. No, that, that, that's the that's the Twitter. That's the Twitter account. That's it's. <laughs> um. So thank you. And Please. in the words of uh, who's the, who's the one that goes? That's all, folks. <laughs> oh. We will Duck. see. You. Yeah. <laughs> we will see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Oh my god! <laughs> Thank you to the team at 78 Brusky Productions for putting together another great show of the Three Guys podcast. And also to our listeners, we appreciate your support. 